I used to produce movies. One critic called them European. I thought they were shit. Bullshit! We do not make B pictures here at Capitol. So it's kind of a psychic political thriller comedy with a heart. But it doesn't make any sense, okay? It's fucking stupid. Okay, there actually has to be something that happens that's actually funny. Now, what is the one thing, if you put it in a movie, it'll be successful? Tits. That is funny. <laughs> I can take you through it step by step, explaining why your story stinks. But I won't insult your intelligence. There ain't no goddamn taste. Ain't no goddamn motion picture. Why are you still in character? I'm a star, I'm a star, I'm a star. You like, you like this new hat? I got a new hat. You like it? I didn't really see it. It's, is it a hat with a pickaxe on it? There's a, a pickaxe and an axe. It's called uh, Armageddon. I've been buying a lot of hats. I spent about $50 on hats. I need to stop. I have a problem. I think I'm going to delete eBay. That's a that's a crazy app to need to delete. <laughs> like I've heard people be like, I need to delete Tinder, but like I need to delete eBay. Is like that is the darkest shit I've ever heard. I cannot stop buying hats that like. <laughs> I genuinely thought that was the logo for like an off-brand Skyrim or something. Nah, just a cool design I saw on eBay. <laughs> that cost me ten dollars. Like Skyrim with an E. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Bro, there what do you mean Skyrim? Skyrim. That's Skyrim. Uh, Bort. Mert. You are off you are off brand Skyrim Mert. Oh. Can't hear you. I'm drinking a polar. Uh, I have no comment. I I I someone I was listening to a thing and they were talking about how it's the best seltzer and I was like, all right, calm down, buddy. But honestly, I think they're right. Honestly, the brand that I grew up grew up with and still enjoy immensely is just giant brand seltzer. And that's the thing. Basically, all seltzers are good. You know what I mean? LaCroix I don't like... Yeah, that, that's actually... I, I was going to say, I think that's the worst one. Because yeah. it, is, it is the least flavored. And again, my favorite is just out of like Stockholm syndrome yeah. is giant brand seltzer, which yeah. is just, it's just so much carbonation and so much flavoring. Yes. It's just screaming at you. I am lime flavored seltzer. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Honestly, and LaCroix is like whispering, like you could almost mistake it for tap water. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, I really, I really quite have ever had about it's just been like, this is fine. But like, I don't understand how it is. It is the most popular and the most expensive one. And I don't get it. Like, I think it is just Stockholm Syndrome from people. Well, because, like, millennials just turned 30 and we all got fat. So we all just started drinking seltzer instead of soda. And, like, and like I don't know. Polar, I feel like, is really good. Because you do get a lot of flavor. And it's, like, a good level of carbonation. It's not too much. But, like, the Safeway brand, I, I you do get, You do get very burpy after the giant brand seltzer. Because it is just right. so much carbonation. Like, yeah, and that's a, and, and that's a lot like the Safeway brand too. But like yeah. that's but, but that's like, that's kind of what I need. I have a degenerate American palate. Yeah. I I've eaten microwaved cardboard my whole life. Like mm -hmm. just shoveling it, in, it into my mouth as fast as I humanly can. Yeah. 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 It's funny how much we make fun of the British for having like the worst food. And they do. 
don't get me wrong. But like American cuisine, like the best American cuisine gets, like really, is just when we're ripping off other people. Or when other people come here and then make their food for us. You know what I mean? And even well, that we bastardize some other food. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. But, I mean, okay, well, like, top-line American cuisine is pretty great. Like, you go you go to, like, even, like, a, like a you know, a, like, mildly respectable restaurant. It's usually pretty good. But, like, the main thing is, like, it's just so much of the, of, our, of at least my diet, as someone who is very lazy, is just basically, like, essentially, like, microwaved K-rations. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. Well, that's, what, that's how, like, most Americans... A, a quarter pounder is survival food. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. yeah that's, well, it doesn't rot, and, like, you can just feed it to the cows. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah. They'll eat that slop. No, that's the, that, it, it's so funny, because, like, a hamburger is technically a German food, but then cheeseburger is American. That is the American innovation. On, on, which, I mean, that's... Great innovation. Great yeah. In, yeah. I mean, a lot of our innovation is just adding cheese to stuff, or just popularizing like because like pizza was like not like a very popular italian food and then we were just like nah we love that shit like well because we mostly most of our cuisine is based on like peasant food exactly yeah man they're not sending their best they're not which i mean the italians yeah they're sending no one's in here which i.e our ancestors yeah but like we can talk shit on australia all we want for being a, a nation of criminals but, like, America is a nation of rejects. It's all the people... My dad was laughing today about how there are 12 million people in Ireland, but 45 million Irish Americans. And, I, and he's just like, isn't that insane? And I was just like, well, there are, like, half a million Russian Jews, but, like, probably, like, at least 4 million, like, like Jews of, like, Russian extraction or whatever the hell in America. And he was like, oh, yeah. I was like, what do you yeah, mean? Oh, you're literally talking about us. Yeah, I mean, Australians are at least alpha because they are criminals. We're, yes. a, we're a nation of fail sons who couldn't yeah. get it together and we're like, I don't know, maybe it'll be better if I put notion between me and my problems. Exactly. Yeah, that's, yeah we're, we're a nation of people that all pulled the geographic. Yes. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Which, I mean, I don't know, man. There's part of me that's like, imagine how different my life would have been if I had just, if I had grown up in Ukraine. What, what sort of chaotic person would I end up being? Uh, a dead one. You would dead be dead. You know, I would be so dead. I would be so fucking dead. Or you would try. You would try and join the Ukrainian mafia and get so killed. Oh my god! Just immediately. I I am I am not. They would making... they would they would beat you for sport. Yeah. No. I'm I'm getting killed. I'm I'm naked, getting stabbed to death in a goddamn sauna in Odessa. Yeah. Yeah. And I am I am in in Western Ireland in a shack. That I think that I tell everyone is because I'm rustic, but it's truly because I cannot get it together to own a real home, <laughs> writing sad poetry that no one reads. Yes, exactly. Yes, and that is us. And instead, our parents, our 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 our, our great grandparents, or whatever the hell, uh, brought us to this lovely country. And now, what do we do? We podcast, baby. We podcast, the sport baby. of fail sons. Can you imagine, like, one of your hard scrabble ancestors seeing us now? Uh, I mean, I don't know what the 19th century, uh, I was, no, I was about to say, I don't know what the 19th century equivalent of podcasting is, but I do. It's dying on a construction site. It's that, That's yeah, where I come exactly. from, baby. That's, yes, that's, exactly. that's my heritage. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's pamphleteering. Yeah. It's, just, it's, 
it's telling yourself you can you can you can you can cheat one more swig before climbing that ladder. That's where I come from. Yeah. As someone who worked construction, it's it's not changed a whole lot. Yeah. I remember I remember being in this guy's car. It's like, hey, you might have to stop at seven eleven and I was just like in like this truck. He like offered me a ride back. He's like, Where are you going? I'm like, Rockville. He's like, Oh, what's it called? Me too. Yeah, hop in. And I was like, All right. So I hop in and he's like, You mind if we stop at seven eleven? And I'm like, No, not at all. I actually we were in Virginia and I was like, I actually need smokes anyway, and they're cheaper down there. He's like, Oh, perfect. Right? So we stop, right? And he gets uh he gets a six uh, like a six pack of uh of, of of Budweiser heavy tall boys. And I was just like, Oh, okay, you know. Stopping, you know, getting a six pack for himself, not bad, you know. I, imagine, I, I never, I don't think I ever actually drank in Virginia, but I, ima- I wouldn't be surprised if that was cheaper too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, Virginia is an insane state. It's just yeah. one of those. It is. They, it is America's Somalia. It is no. Yeah, I mean, and they like to pretend that's not true, but I like it's saying not. it. It's not. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. But, but but it was but, fun to say. It all the same. Exactly. And fuck them because they feel special for being Virginia. I guess. No, I, Idaho is America's Somalia. I would say Alabama is America, Somalia, like one of those deep, deep south. No, that's 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 too insulting to to Somalia. That's true. Yeah, yeah. What are those states that it's like? Like, there's like all those states that are like fifty in it, like fiftieth in education, 49th in healthcare. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. This is the place that it's just like, oh man, like, like, I don't understand. Like, like, no, but what? but Idaho is a state run by militias. Yes, that actually no. In that yes, in that case yes. Yeah. Okay. Then anyway, right. continue your story. You're in Virginia. The guy's buying beer. Yeah. So 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 we start driving back up, and then you know, and I think you know, I don't think anything of him buying beer. It's like whatever, right? This is a man who I literally had to wake up because he was sleeping in the back of the of the job site, which was just a person's house. And yeah. then he said, then he said, "What time is it?" And I said, "It's seven thirty. And he said, "I'm going back to bed." And he went back to sleep. <laughs> 11:30, literally just sleeping on a piece of cardboard in an active construction site it was one of the crazy but anyway so, we, so we're driving back and then i just hear and i like look and i'm like what and that's not a noise i wanted to hear right now and he's just pouring a tall boy into this like stadium cup and you know like, yeah. One of those, like yeah and i'm just like oh man and then he's like you want one and i was like i'm good and Matt, no, no, no. See, what, what he's doing is he's racing. It's, can I get home before this hits me? <laughs> Rob, that's exactly what he's doing. He yeah. just starts drinking. It's actually, it's actually very efficient, because by the time he gets home, he's drunk. Yeah. Doesn't, yeah. He, doesn't he just sit around waiting for it to happen? I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, he just, like, like, does not say, hey, man, are you cool with this? Does not say anything to me, just starts doing it's it. It's his then- car, Matt. This is this is America, Matt. This is Castle Doctrine applies to a man's vehicle. That's what I was no, especially if based on this, he might live out of it. He he legitimately might, honestly. Yeah. He literally he literally because how this story ends is that, like I said, I told him I was going to Rockville. He drives me all the way up to like, like you know where the Davidis Cigars is near the um, not on Rockville Pike. That actually would have been. Uh, helpful the one off shady grove the one off shady grove yeah Yeah. and i was just like i was like yeah i just went yeah you could drop me off here and he was just like because he was going north and he was continuing to go north he's like are you sure i thought you said you were going to rockville i was like yeah this isn't rockville and he was like it's kind of rockville i was like i know that's why i'm getting out now 
He said, okay. <laughs> so, so, and so, yeah, Jackie's just like, where are you? I'm like, it's a long story. I'll be home in an hour. And I just took the bus home the rest of the way. Just, I'm sorry. I've just, I've just had the phrase, this is a stand your ground El Camino stuck in my head ever since. Uh, 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 it, was a, it was a Ford Raptor. Thank you very much. And it's better. It's better. And, and this is a guy who I basically walked off his job site uh, uh, for reasons. But, I be, but, but later on, like a, like a few weeks later, I, basically, I just walked off the site because I had to. And he was like, you do that, you're fired. I'm like, well, I'm going to walk off. So I did. And then he sent me this long text message of how much I fucked up because I had wait. <laughs> I wish I still had the text. He said something like, I have wasted the opportunity to learn from a master carpenter. <laughs> It's just like, I think I've learned everything I need to know from you, buddy, okay? Go with yeah, God. Again, efficiency. Just, just, I just want to, so, this man, I want to be like, bro, I've seen you nap on cardboard multiple times, right? Just fucking, just, and while they would work, he would just do like a poo voice, like the entire, like the entire day. He's so a like, man who knows comedy. It's just, I forget about the guy all the time, but every once in a while I remember it. I'm just like, it was the most insane man. I've, I think I, you just did that. And that is honestly, that's just an average carpenter. Not, maybe not, but that is like, he wasn't the only man like that I met working construction. So yeah, so you'd be right at home still. Hello and welcome to You're Gonna Hate It. My name is Rob. My name is Mert. This is a film podcast where every week we each of us assigns the other a movie that we think they're going to hate. And again, if you're just joining us for the first time, which I know you're not, Aaron. Um, Are you on the side of the house? Yeah, because this is where I can sit outside and still have the Wi-Fi reach me. Okay, all right. All right. I can also do my front stoop, but like my neighbors were outside and I didn't want to shout about David Lynch while my Trump neighbors loving were Trump-loving Taiwanese neighbors? No, different neighbors. The, like, nice Latino accountant family. I don't know that they're all accountants. It's just the one guy I've spoken to was an accountant. So in my head, they're all accountants now. They're a family troop of accountants. They're like the Partridge family, but but CPAs. Okay, okay. Not the the compound next door? No, not the compound where they have uh, just, like, Marvel figurines, like, in all of the windows, like, like, waving to people who walk up. And also a... Punisher logo with a Trump haircut on the yes, on. yeah. Which, Jesus Christ. Okay, so it's October. We're doing horror. We're just gonna dive right into it. So first up is my film, David Lynch's Mulholland Drive from Blue 2001. Velvet, Mulholland Drive, Blue 2001. Velvet. 2001. Roll the trailer. Did you look up the year? believe it I'm just so excited to be here I'm in this dream place this one comes highly recommended dream place. what are you doing get out of the car yeah the girl is still missing what's wrong I don't know who I am I wonder where you were going. Mulholland Drive. Come on, it'll be just like in the movies. We'll pretend to be someone else. 
Don't you? Where's this going? Stranger. Oh, I knew that year. Uh, I did pay. I did pay extra attention to it this time. What to two thousand one? Me too. This is an important year. Then I'm also older than you, so I remember it better. Also shorter though, so you couldn't see things as well. I'm gonna buy a gun. <laughs> you can't afford one. You spent all your money on hats. <laughs> oh, man. That, oh, man. I literally did have the thought. I need to stop buying hats so I can buy a gun. All right, so welcome back from the trailer. <laughs> we're just going to edit in all that dialogue over the tra- trailer, which I, I believe is probably just like two minutes of like spooky music, alternating with like weird, like very arch, like almost like a Muzak. Yeah. Um, and, then me, and then me just saying, I'm going to buy a gun and <laughs> me threatening you. Yeah, yeah. All I want is a gun. I just want a gun to brandish it, though. I don't want to actually hurt anyone. I just want to brandish it. Okay, that's not better. But I yeah, mean, a little worse. bit, but still bad. Um, What's it called? What? Are you gonna Matt, tell me it doesn't look Matt, like fun to brandish a gun? Are you gonna tell me it doesn't look like fun to brandish a gun? I mean, you're. I at the moment, I do sense the appeal. Yes, <laughs> I don't get it. I want to hurt you right now. What you? What you can't hurt me. I'm already dead. You're extra distractible on Zoom. No, dead dead people are not as desperate for for top. Yep. Um. Uh. Yeah. You ever see fucking vampire movies, man? Them horny as shit. Mulholland. They're not dead. They're undead. They're but, yeah. They're, but, oh come on. Mulholland potato. Drive. Mulholland Drive. Potato. Potato. Mulholland. Potato. Mulholland. Potato. Yes, you fucked it up. But we just if we pause for every murk fuck up, we're gonna be here all night. Mulholland Drive, a drive I've been on. We've both been on it, Matt. Millions of people have been on it. Me more than you, though. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Matt, 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 here's what, I do. here's what I want you to do. I want you to, one, shut up. I want you to, two, drink a glass of water. Three, go to bed. And then, four, when you wake up, go out, stand on the, on the median of a divided highway like a guy begging for change just with a cardboard sign with written in Sharpie, I need some coochie, ma'am. <laughs> Go stand out there with that sign, and then we can talk after you have successfully collected some coochie. Just imagining a man with that sign just just, just, just... just rattling a tin cup with a couple coins in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, with a couple just, condoms in it. Just, a, just, just a, loose uh, condoms homeless. slapping weak, weirdly against the, the tin. Yeah. Homeless veteran... Uh, lost job, haven't had top in nine months. <laughs> Mulholland fucking drive. Yes, by David Lynch. By David Lynch from 2001. We're half an hour in, we've established three facts about this movie. That can't be true, we're not half an hour in. You're gaslighting me again. I don't know, but it's been a while. It's, um, it's actually Mulholland DR. We are seven hours in. Um, but anyway. Okay, Alright, so I made you laugh, shut the fuck up. I've but, never laughed in my life. Mulholland Drive by David Lynch. Rob, are we going to do this or not? <laughs> All right. So this is, this is, this is a tough I'm movie. I'm a to, one, though. Yeah, you are. But 
this is this is a tough movie to talk about because this is this is a movie that feels like it was beamed from like to this reality from another dimension. Um, so I'm gonna start like just by like just to, just because it feels like the easiest way in to just sort of talk about David Lynch generally. A bit. Yeah, I was yeah. thinking about that. I was like, we need to have we need to have a talk about David. Yeah, because he is one of the most interesting just figures in modern cinema. Um, yeah. I sent you like, the thing of him making quinoa, right? I don't think you did, but I believe it's interesting. You froze. Not me. You froze. Not me. Why is my phone wet? <laughs> <laughs> Put your phone away. Put your phone away. It's almost dead Wait. anyway. All right. So, uh, David Jedediah Lynch. That um, can't be his real middle name, is it? No, it's Millhouse. Um, actually, shut the fuck up. I don't know. He's from Montana. David David Herbert Walker Lynch. Um, <laughs> he's he's actually from all over the place. Like he was like a, you know, he just had one of those families who like moved around all the time. Like his dad was a government worker, I think, for the USDA. So oh. you know, like they they grew up in like ten different places or something. But like that's why he sounds like that. Yeah, he he has like if every accent just like just had a baby together like they just yeah. put all of the common eggs in like one vat and like figured out what grew that was a truly disturbing metaphor no but, but it was no 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 i mean my metaphor what i was gonna say he sounds like every time robert pattinson tries to play an american like where it's just kind of like we're like you can like hear and you're like but like gonna... if if like he did robert pattinson ax pattinson's like american accent then inhaled some helium and like vomited <laughs> and shouted all at the same time yes Yes, yes, that's exactly, yes. Actually, spot on, yes. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a, you should just go, like, what you should do specifically is watch clips of him from the third season of Twin Peaks that came out in 2017, because he plays a character with uh, hearing loss, so he shouts all of his lines. It's pretty great. Um, Yeah, had this like, so it's like strange childhood where he was like, you know, constantly kind of an outsider, but like also like grew up like, you know, fairly well to do, like upper middle class, like, you know, very like traditional like 50s white picket fence childhood. Mm -hmm. um, but like, he was initially a visual artist. Like, he, he got his start as a painter. Um, like, that was his initial area of interest and in like artistic expression. Um, and then sort of like, transitioned into making these like short films that were you know more almost like art installations were like very short like one or two minute things that were um you know very avant-garde and surreal and like sort of made to be like you know projected onto the wall at an art gallery like all like you know very surreal and disturbing like i i, I haven't seen many of them but I, I read a description of one that was just like a woman reading the alphabet um, recorded on like a very fucked up microphone, so it was like weirdly distorted, which is kind of a uh, like a hallmark of his. He, he's very into like ambient but like distorted audio to just give things these like weird like nightmare undercurrent. Yeah, like, like his, our podcast. Yes, exactly. Um, but he's reciting the alphabet over like images of like horses being slaughtered, and then the, like the final shot what? is like of her like bleeding out of her eyes. Like, <laughs> what? Yeah. What man, this this is really reminding me when I went to the George Pompadour Museum and was just watching all the experimental film and just being like, 
what the fuck is this shit? Yeah, so it's it's a lot of what the fuck is this shit made by like, just like Mr. Fucking Apple Pie. Um, yeah, made by, um, I was going to say June Cleaver, but I know that that's the mom. I don't know any of the, Beaver? Uh, Ward? Cleaver. Is Ward the dad? I think I Ward is the dad. I have never seen an episode of Leave it to Beaver. I did see the like movie they made in the 90s a bunch of times because it was one of like seven VHS tapes that my babysitter had when I was a child. Mm. So, mm-hmm. so a lot of that, a lot of the little giants, the mask was a big feature. Watched Jurassic Park once and then had nightmares for literally years about that. No, I watched a lot of uh, We're Back. That's what my grandparents. Oh had. yeah, they had my, We're Back. I, I personally owned We're Back, or maybe yeah. maybe it was, I don't know if I owned it, but it was definitely at least a like staple of like Hollywood video rentals. Oh yeah, but oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And my first crush on that little girl when I was a little boy. Okay, don't cancel me. Okay, it's appropriate. Anyway, continue. Uh, so so he makes these these handful of short films and then like gets uh in the like late 60s gets like a you know a grant from the afi to like make his first feature uh, like the, the american first film institute i know what that is it's american yes film the american film institute um the first project was kind of like it didn't really work out i don't think he completed it and he kind of hated it um but like the first like successful like completed feature that he made was Eraserhead, which is a very it's a very surreal that's just going to be a word we're going to use a lot. He makes very dreamlike movies that are like openly just fucking weird. Yeah. He brought Um, Sergei Eisenstein back from the dead for that one. (laughs) But he, uh, yeah. Um, But it it was this, you know, just totally out there black and white movie that's set in like a dystopia um, where uh, like about like a, a father who has like a nightmare baby that is just like this weird little worm puppet. There's a singing lady in his radiator. It's a tough movie to describe. Just take take it that it's weird, um, but really very effective if you're into that kind of thing. And was like one of the like the most popular like midnight movies of its era. Um, so despite being this like ultra cheap like avant garde like outsider film, like was actually like very successful like against its budget. Um, and like very popular with like directors of note, like it was one of um, Stanley Kubrick's favorite movies, um, and Mel Brooks weirdly loved it, and sort of recruited David Lynch to direct The Elephant Man, um, mm-hmm. which was also again just weirdly a well Mel Brooks project. Like he was one of the like the key figures in getting it produced, but also like kept his name off the movie entirely because he didn't want people to think of it as a comedy. Yeah, um, and like show up and like laugh at the elephant man, um, <laughs> like he was legitimately worried that would be people's response if they saw it as a Mel Brooks movie. That um, honestly, honestly, if I was like, because let's say, because we're talking like what, like early eighties for that. I think I think nineteen eighty. Yeah, nineteen eighty. Yeah. yeah. No, 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 no. Uh, or yeah, I think eighty. Yeah. You, you transport Matt back or whatever the whatever I was back then. You transport me back there, and I walk into the Elephant Man. I know that this is a Mel Brooks film back then. I'm oh, laughing yeah. at the Elephant Man. I'm absolutely laughing at the Elephant Man. I'm like, Look how fucked up he looks. That's what yeah. I would have done. I'm not saying that that's a good thing. I'm just saying that that's what I would have done. This is a place yeah. for radical honesty. Radical <laughs> no, I, I believe it, Matt. I genuinely believe it. But, I'll tell you a story uh, off pod, and uh, it'll make a lot more sense. Okay. Yeah, but... Uh, but... Um, where was I going? So actually, the 
the way that Lynch signed on to direct The Elephant Man was he was given like a number of scripts, like because he, he was you know like a like a hot young indie up and coming filmmaker who just made this really weird movie that like was also like clearly the announcement of like a very unique voice in film that had also like been a financial success, like at least That's based on its do. budget. You want to you have as little budget and make as much money as possible. That's what the yeah. industry teaches you. <laughs> and by that metric, he had succeeded. Um, while also making something that was clearly like a unique vision. You know, yeah. like no All one else but David Lynch could have made that movie. Exactly, yeah. 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 But uh, so like he was sought after and got like a stack of scripts. And he literally just like, like, I guess one of his buddies picked out four. And like, I think these would be the ones you're best suited to. And he just saw the title, The Elephant Man. and was like, that's the one I want to make. Because um, it sounds the weirdest. Um, mm-hmm. And The Elephant Man is a very, again, just a very weird movie. Um, like it is, it would, you know, the script is written as a like fairly straightforward drama about this man in Victorian England who had this, you know, very obscure, debilitating medical condition. Um, and his like, what you know, have? elephantitis. Um, that's not what it's called. I don't know that that's what it's, I, I don't know that's the current that's like, that's like what I would call it. I mean, I believe that at least at the time was the medical term. Okay. Um, okay. Come on. I, I don't know, Matt. I've seen the movie, but I, you know, I'm, I'm not a doctor. You <laughs> can't um, look at a man. <laughs> he looks like an elephant. He's got elephantitis. You can't do that. This is not allowed. Dude, I'm, calling, in, I'm calling out of bounds. In Victorian England, do you think they're not doing that? No. I, well, honestly, I'm just glad they didn't call it something like Indian syndrome or something like that. So, yeah, I guess. Yeah, we'll go yeah. with elephantitis. That's fine. You're just besmirching elephants. That's fine. Yeah, I don't know, walking Irishman or whatever the hell they would have called it. Yeah. Uh, terminal Turkishness. Yeah. But, um, but, uh, but yeah, so it is like the script as written is this like very like, you know, it, not, not poorly done, but like a very standard like person with disability overcoming their disability and like asserting their humanity and dignity. And so it's and got that like hurt as the elephant man, right? It does. Yeah. And a very good performance. Um, but amazing actor was, but, but, like, it's still a David Lynch movie, so there's all this weird, like, dream logic stuff and, like, just ambient oddity, oddness just in the margins. So it's, it's this really weird case of a movie that is, like, straining to be avant-garde or, like, a, no, no, more like a, a, an avant-garde movie that is, like, straining to be just normal enough for like mainstream recognition and actually succeeding. Like, I believe it got a best picture nomination. It was like very well regarded a like financial success, like got like, uh, you know, a number of awards uh, or at least nominations, which again, that's just one of the interesting things about David Lynch's career is like for being someone who is about as weird as a filmmaker can get has like a surprising amount of like mainstream credibility like, The Elephant Man should be, like, a strange, like, m- again, like, a midnight movie oddity. But, like, I believe was nominated for Best Picture. Yeah, um, yeah. Trump shouted... <laughs> Trump shouted out David Lynch in one of his speeches because he took a uh, 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 quote he said out of context uh, where, where, <laughs> where David Lynch literally just said the words, uh, Trump might go down as the greatest president of all time, Right. He, that's literally just what he said but like it was part of this grander thing of like i don't know like who knows maybe he will maybe he won't but and this, like, this should be said it was very early on 
Yes, exactly. Oh, yeah, this is like right as it happened. But it was in the, but and like basically the whole quote in context is him being like, but I don't know. He basically was David Lynch being like, but I don't like him and he sucks. You know yeah. what I mean? But Trump like shouted this out at like a rally and people, when he said David Lynch, people cheered. Like, like Trump, people that I'm going to guess are not big into like weird or cinema yeah yes, exactly yeah we're like oh david lynch like yeah, yeah. Like, this is a man this is a known man this is a man who made a disney movie yes. um yeah Which, what did he make uh oh fuck what's it called it's the one about the guy driving the tractor cross country um but i can't I, the name of it is, <laughs> that is definitely not it but um it. you don't know uh the straight story Um. Yeah, he made he made a fucking family film. It's insane. But, but speaking of insane, after the success of the Elephant Man, one of the movies he was offered and almost took was Return of the Jedi. Um, <laughs> which I just oh, the, like the, the 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 list of directors who almost got Return of the Jedi was insane. Like after Lynch turned it down because he's basically like, this is Lucas's movie. Lucas should direct it. Um, which he then did not go on to do. He handed it off to some like nobody. Um, like, mm. But but the like the second choice after Lynch was David Cronenberg, which is again, what? yeah, like just I don't I don't know what they were. Th- I think I think literally, literally their thought process is who are some guys who've made some movies with some weird creatures in them. Yeah, yeah, that that had to be it. Because yeah. that is because there is no through line there. Like there's certain things where I like kind of get no the through line is avant-garde like body horror directors which is not what it is not what star wars needs no star wars star wars is space samurai space it's 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 space samurai i mean people space western but basically space samurai yeah either one yeah 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 a little bit about yeah i mean there's that's there's so many like things like that i know like in film and then like you know and then like you know on the screen where it's like you know uh, you know, what if, you know, what if David Lynch had directed Last Jedi? What if Seth MacFarlane had made that flight? You know what I mean? I mean, there's just so many things. There's so many things like that. Uh, that is one that is going to haunt me, though, because I actually don't totally hate Return of the Jedi, but I feel like I would have loved it a lot more if it had been David Lynch, because just... I mean, I, I, it's, a, it's a movie that I really enjoy. It is definitely the weakest of the original three movies. Like, yeah, but they're three great movies, though. Like, yeah. But it's like, it's clearly the one that they're like, everyone is kind of done. Like, yeah. Carrie Fisher has a very prominent coke nail in the movie. Yes. Like, you're just like, it's clear that everyone is kind of just like ready to be done with this. And like, yeah. that's yeah. one of the funniest things about Star Wars is that like, fucking Harrison Ford after like the second one was like, I'm done with this. And yeah. they just said, just, just having to get, just, did you watch like the new ones that or the new, the first, the, the one that they made, the new one that they made that he was in? Yeah, I mean, bro, bro, I am like, I, I am, I am a mark. I will be, I will be watching Star Wars movies for as long as they are making them and complaining about them all the time. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, you know, Harrison Ford's like stipulation was, "I will be in your movie. You have to kill me in it, though." <laughs> I have, I have, funny I thing. have to be done with. But like, I think he's really good in that movie. I don't think it's a perfect movie. Like, yeah. But we're talking about Star Wars here. Yeah, we're yeah, talking, yeah. Anyway, back to the But, like, that is worth mentioning because the next movie he makes after The Elephant Man is actually a big-budget sci-fi movie. It's Dune. Um, 
which is like, which is an example of why you don't give David Lynch a big budget sci-fi movie because you know he wants to do some weird shit with it and like the studio was like like did not give him final cut was very like there was a lot of interference in it like they ended up releasing like a cut with a bunch of footage that he like literally like threw out in editing because he's like this sucks We're like no nah, yeah. we just we need to pad this out to be a little longer we need to th- like. It, it's, it, it is a train wreck of a film. There's some interesting yeah. stuff in it. Like, again, you, you give David Lynch the opportunity to, like, make some, like, weird creatures, he will go out there with it. But, like, oh, yeah. it is just a fucking slog of a movie at the same time. Yeah. One, of the, one, of the, one of the many uh, swings and misses for Kyle MacLachlan. But, well. that, but the, that is worth mentioning because that's where he meets Kyle MacLachlan. Is like, oh, this is... Oh, this the is the first one that they did together? Yeah. Yeah, right. and I, I think the way that he described it was, like, He's, he met Kyle MacLachlan and was like, this is a man you will follow into a nightmare. Um, yeah, which yeah. is true. Yeah. yeah. Did he um, give him the nickname? I know he's famous for... No, probably. I, I don't know what it was, but I'm sure he did. You know? Yeah. Yeah, what is it? Yeah, he calls... Yeah, he finds out, like, what people's nicknames are and then just... I think I forget. Some actress was like, oh, yeah, when I was, like, a kid, people called me this. Like, just, like, as, like, a random... And he just, to this day, calls her that. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, no one else calls me that except for him. <laughs> yeah. It's like a childhood nickname I had. Yeah. But, uh... Yeah, sorry, but after, after After the colossal failure of Dune, um, he had actually initially signed, you know, again, as, like, a hot director, had mm-hmm. signed a three-picture deal with Dino De Laurentiis. Yeah. Who, like, you know, was, you know, famous for being just one of those, like, total just scuzzball producers. And, you know, but was, like, kind of into David, like, at the same time, would hire people who were, like, interesting directors at the same time, like David Lynch. And even after Dune, it was kind of like, you know, if you, I'll, I'm not going to give you that much money for your next film, but if I give you, like, a limited budget and you turn in a movie, I will let you do whatever the fuck you want. I don't care. Um, and so from that is born Blue Velvet, um, which is just, again, just a fucking out there movie. It is... It is, it is a noir set in a nightmare, which is worth noting because Mulholland Drive is kind of a noir set in a nightmare, too. There's a lot of shared DNA. But again, it's just like fairly cheap movie that, you know, it becomes a critical darling, is fairly well-respected, you're fairly well, fairly finan- financially successful against its budget, like becomes and a huge... got, a, uh, got nominated for uh, an Academy Award for it, didn't he? Again, yeah, again, like there is like... Guys who are as weird as David Lynch do not get Academy recognition, but for whatever reason, they just, they buy it with him. Yeah. I can't, I can't explain it, but. Fun, fun fact, my dad took my mom on a date to that movie and my dad. Oh boy, that is not a date movie. <laughs> well, he didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> and so he takes her and he was like, cause, um, yeah, cause I told him I was watching Mahalo Drive and he was telling me about that. And he's like, oh yeah, no, I honestly didn't think she was going to ever go out with me again. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that is that is the baby baby needs to fuck movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he was just, it's just imagining my dad in that movie with my mom, and my mom's like not like a total square, but like she was raised like very conservative and very religious, and just imagine yeah. my, my mom in that movie. <laughs> the baby needs to fuck. Yeah, Dennis Hopper good. high on nit- high on oxygen or nitrous or something, screaming oh, into good. a microphone. Baby needs to fuck, like. As Dennis Hoppery as you possibly can. Yes. Yeah. Another, that line. another man that never got an Oscar, and honestly, what is? I mean, the man deserved an Oscar. He's so great. She got one for Speed. Oh my God. <laughs> he was he was good in Speed. He was good in Speed. 
I mean, at, at a certain point in his career, he just – like, his whole deal is he would just show up and be Dennis Hopper. Exactly, and, like, sometimes yeah. deliver the lines you wanted him to deliver. Yeah, but, yeah. He's, he's not a Paul Newman. No. You know he I can't mean? really he, – he's not good at, like, disappearing into a character. He's just going to yeah. be Dennis Hopper. But what if, if I could remake any movie, and I don't think that the times work out for this, but uh, Dennis Hopper instead of Kirk Douglas as Spartacus, I think would have been. That's an a, incredible. That's an incredible. That's, that's, that's a chaotic movie. That's, I know. Can I think he and Stanley it? Kubrick might have murdered each other. <laughs> Just, <laughs> oh man, to be a fly on the wall. But anyway, but anyway, uh, so Blue Velvet. So it makes Blue Velvet. Baby needs to fuck. Yeah, um, and then. Off of that, Next time just, I get top, I'm definitely saying that. <laughs> but uh, off of that, and this is like off of that, he gets a deal with ABC to make Twin Peaks. Yeah. Which again, it is just Twin Peaks is a it is again it is like a soap opera set in a nightmare, full yeah. of like rape and murder and incest and like dead cheerleaders who are doing drugs. Yeah. Like produced by produced by the the network owned by Disney. Yeah. Like, I don't yeah. know how that happens, but it yeah. did. And and was like a huge hit. It was yeah. like a seminal 90s TV show. Yeah. 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 Um, it only got how many seasons? Two. So, yeah. like, the first season was, I think, only six episodes. And it was just, like, a complete phenomenon. And, again, they kind of just let Lynch do whatever he wanted. Lynch and Frost. It was, like, co-produced with Mark Frost. We, you know, we should acknowledge his contribution because they were important. But, but like... You know, after having this phenomenal success, ABC does what networks do best and said, okay, we've got this thing that is working. We need to interfere. Yeah. Um, and, like, insisted that they, like, the plan was originally to, like, have the show start with this this murder and this mystery. And then kind of over time have that just kind of fall into the background and have it be just sort of a show about this town. Or, like, you yeah. know, it's, because basically the show is structured as a soap opera, just, you know, as interpreted through the unique lens of, like, David Lynch, where, like, Lynch. you know, it's a soap opera, but people are having dreams where they're, like, communing with, like, mystic dwarves in, like, nether realms, yeah. you know, who are, like, revealing the gnomic secrets of the universe. You know? Yeah, 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 and, and and there's a real fast and loose with reality. Yes, yeah, as with all of his movies, but, yeah. but, like, ABC was, like, no, the mystery is the thing, and, like, made them reveal who the killer was. At which point the show just kind of starts spinning its wheels and like people started to lose interest and the uh, ratings fell off because, you know, they were right. And that's that that's sort of what initially drew people to the, so, the show. And they were kind of like, OK, we got the answer. Thanks. Goodbye. Yeah. You know, was, like especially when it became clear they didn't exactly know what to do now, um, like because their their whole plan had been like upended. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the show kind of. The show ends up getting canceled after two seasons. Um, what I understand, though, is that, like, a big reason, basically the entire reason why it got canceled was because of the drop-off in ratings. But apparently yeah. when ABC, like, approached them, they were like, listen, we really want to, like, apparently a lot of people at ABC, like, really and truly, like, did want to, like, continue the show. They wanted to yeah. keep it going. And they felt, like, very bad and, like, personally responsible to David that they had fucked this up. But, like, they just couldn't justify it because of the ratings. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, yeah. he just – I don't know what it is about him. Like, he's not, like – he's his reputation isn't as, like, the most lovable guy in the world. Like, he supposedly has, like, a little bit of a temper. Like, yeah. which is, you know, fairly common among directors. You know, they yeah. tend to be no, sort of – Yeah, 
yeah insane people with authoritarian personalities yeah um yeah but like there's just something about him as weird as he is that like people with money want to continue giving him money which is something that happens with almost no one especially people who take as many risks as he does yeah which i just i can't totally explain it like he must be like the like the grand master of their like hollywood moloch ceremonies or something yeah. and he like does it better than anyone else but like he which would based, based on mulholland drive like i kind of believe yeah um, oh well, yeah he could he could he could listen what that man could do with with an adrenochrome ceremony is mwah, fantastic yeah. yeah um but so after the cancellation of this show like just like apparently he like again weird guy wrote on a piece of plywood i will never work in television again um, just because that's how he leaves messages to himself, I guess, you know? Why not? When you're David Lynch, that's just how you do it. But again, like, yep. ABC and, and fucking Touchstone Television, like, the most Disney of, like, Disney properties, like, the, 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 like, the family movie offshoot of Disney, like, they approached him and was like, we want to work with you, Mr. Nightmare Rape and Murder. Uh, yep. Which, Sure. But, but they, they approached him, and he, like, pitched them, like, basically the first scene of Mulholland Drive. Like, there's a woman in a limo. There's an accident, and she's got, she has, like, a bag full of money and no idea who she is. And they're like, wow, okay, that's an interesting setup. What happens from there? And he's like, if you want to know what else happens, you have to buy the pilot, just, like, off that first scene. And yeah. they, they respected David Lynch so much, they are like, yes, we will fund your pilot. Because this was supposed to be a TV show originally, wasn't it? Yes, that's the thing about Mulholland Drive. It was initially written as a TV show and, and filmed as a TV show. The first, like, they filmed 90 minutes of a TV show. Um, like, this was supposed to be the pilot episode for a, you know, essentially the successor to Twin Peaks. Like, mm-hmm. there was, like, I don't know if this is true, but at least Sherilyn Fenn, who was an actor on Twin Peaks, said that, like, initially the, uh, the Rita character, who en- ended up being played by... Um, Laura Harry. Yeah, was supposed to be, like her character from Twin Peaks in like essentially a spin-off. Um, yep, that didn't end up happening. I don't, I don't even know if that's true. It's just something Cheryl and Ben is quoted as having said, which who knows, but yeah. But like apparently, so they, they shot the pilot, um, brought it to, you know, brought it to ABC. And like the story as told by David Lynch is that like, you know, whichever executive at ABC was supposed to like, you know, give the yay or nay, watched it at like 6 a.m. before he'd have his coffee, like entirely standing up and watched like 15 minutes of it and was like immediately like nope pass um <laughs> that's such a funny way to at six in the morning standing up to watch the first 15 minutes of mall and drive of this movie yeah or, exactly. or tv show yeah 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 that well and also fuck that guy but yeah no that yeah. is that is that is an insane way to watch this so I guess, I guess we now have, like, so what ended up happening is, you know, because he's David Lynch and has some cachet, you know, was approached, approached by the, the French studio, Studio Canal, because, yeah. you know, even more than the Americans, the French fucking love David Lynch. Because um, it, like... They love two things. They love David Lynch, and they love, uh, what's his name? Fuck Jerry you. Lewis. Jerry Lewis, yeah. But I, I think there's... <laughs> Like that's not true. They love they love all American movies. Like they are big on American movies. But like yeah. particular like I don't think like I don't I don't think that's entirely coincidental that like those are the two people you named. Like there is something shared there. Like they really love like very arch, um, like 
so so let me let me put it this way. So the this Mulholland Drive ended up. Uh, it was nominated for the Palm Door Cans, which is again like the you know one of the most prestigious awards. Uh, of Palm of Gold. Yeah, that a film can get, but like didn't didn't win that. Was nominated, which is in and of itself a huge Golden huge coup. Ball. But was uh, uh, David Lynch won Best Director uh, that year and shared it with Joel Cohen for The Man Who Wasn't There. Um, and that's because that's the kind of American movie that the French love. Like, yeah. very simultaneously arch and subtle and obsessed with movies. Yes. If you hit, like, those three benchmarks, the French will go fucking apeshit for it. And and that's, that's, that is David Lynch in a nutshell. Like, yeah. um, the, so I think we should get into to Mulholland Drive first. Before we get into the plot, I would just like, like, I think the... Like, I want to talk about sort of the style of it. Because yeah. it, is, it is a movie that is, like, even more than surreal. This is a deeply surreal movie. Like, at least the first section of the film, the film that I believe, I, I don't know exactly what was the, the pilot and what wasn't. But I imagine it's the first section, you know, more or less the first 90 minutes of the film before it kind of really goes off the rails into another fucking dimension. Um, is this... It feels like Twin Peaks, where it, it it's yeah. it's it's almost like a soap opera. The yeah. even even the style of acting is very just mannered. It doesn't feel it doesn't it's it 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 kind of feels like shitty acting almost because it yeah it's you know it's it's very mannered and stilted and it kind of feels like almost like porn acting in some scenes. Like, yeah. People yeah. like one one dimensional characters like telling you exactly what they think in like you know, and projecting, like, one emotion over it, you know? Yeah, um, yeah, no, no, I, 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 you telling me that this is basically supposed to be, like, a, um, like, like a Twin Peaks set in LA, like, yeah. like, 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 having, like, like, now knowing that, th- th- this, yeah, this, this first part of this movie makes so much more sense to me, yeah, and no, 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 and I know exactly what you mean, like, it does, like, it is, like, like, it's not stilted, but it's, like, like, the acting is, like, very, like, I mean, like you said, like, yeah, they're just saying, like, what it, it, it's it's acted a lot like Twin Peaks. It's just it's, yeah. it, it's L.A. Twin Peaks, and and as someone that lived in L.A. for a year, that is a that is a fucking town you could do a Twin Peaks style thing on. It yeah, is a but, it is a cursed town. Because David Lynch, I mean, a, honestly, I, a lot like the Coen Brothers, he works in like archetypes. Um, it's like the characters in this movie are like you know Naomi Watts is the uh, the ingenue. Yeah, you know she she's not like you know a take on the ingenue. She's not like an ingenue with shading. She's like pure archetype ingenue, like just wide-eyed, you know, milk-fed, like just arrived in LA, fresh off the bus after winning a jitterbug contest in like in Deep Creek, Ontario. Yes, like as yeah. like as starry-eyed as you could possibly get, like. Yeah. Yep. And her land. Yeah. Yeah. Her 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 landlord is like an old Hollywood dame, you know. Yeah. Like, looks yeah. like fucking Liza Minnelli. Like, yeah. like older Liza Minnelli. Not like star Liza Minnelli, but like past her prime Liza Minnelli. Like, exactly. gay icon like Liza her. Minnelli. Dresses like her, too. Dresses yeah. exactly like her. Yeah. You know, Justin yeah. Thoreau plays a director, and he's playing the hotshot director, you know? Just just standing in as that type. Because, like... <laughs> um, drives, drives a Porsche, carries around a goddamn golf club. Like, yeah, hot shot, and I'll say it, Jewish director. His name yeah. is Adam Kesher in this movie, but yeah, yeah. No, that is like, yeah, that like 
like, dressed like, all in black, wet, wear yeah. it like has messy hair. Apparently, because that is how Justin Thoreau showed up to his interview. Like he yeah. came like straight to the airport. Yeah, and yeah, they're straight yeah, yeah, from yeah. the airport and was just like yeah. dressed like a guy who just got off a flight. And David Lynch is like, "That's the look." Yep. Which that's the look. That's the look. That's it. That's yeah. the look we're going for. Yeah. And like. Like, apparently, like, cast people based off of their ability to conform to that type. Like, yeah. he hired Naomi Watts and Laura Herring off of headshots. Like, yeah. and, like, yeah. got lucky. Like, Naomi Watts is a very talented actress, but was, like, more or less a unknown at this time. This was kind of, like, what made her into, like, a, a, a quantity, you know? She'd been, like, a successful actress in Australia, but had, like, moved to, like, to L.A. And she'd been, like, you know, a struggling actress for 10 years, like, unable to catch a break, like, yeah, without yeah. breaking Laura, into the industry. And Laura Herring had 16 years previous been Miss USA. So yeah. she's Miss USA 16 years past her prime. And do you, do you know what else she was? What? She was also, she is also, was the also Count the Count of Bismarck, yeah. The Countess of Bismarck. Yeah. Because yeah. she she married and then almost immediately divorced the, the, uh, the now Prince of Bismarck. Yep. Um, yep. And I guess you retained the but you retained the title. Yeah, she kept the title in the divorce. Um, yep. And like, I, I briefly looked into the current Prince of Denmark, and he's just like, it's so funny that like, you know, you just the aristocracy in Europe continues to exist, but like, like vacated of like any meaning or purpose. So he's just like a professionally divorced like bald dipshit who just like walks around in like golf polos like dressed like he could be at both the boardroom or the or the discotheca like yeah <laughs> that's a yeah. great joke that's a fantastic joke look it up it's a great joke no but that is so true yeah like there is there are just all these like because i guess the closest thing we get to that here is like I mean, is like, fail sons it's fail sons yeah 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 we just get, the yeah, wyatt get, cokes of the world exa exactly yes the Wyatt. yeah, yeah. and again Folks, look up Wyatt Coke. You'll be happy with what you find. Oh yes, yeah. yeah. That's that's a Google for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get you get Wyatt Coke. You can get fucking Chelsea Clinton with her goddamn zucchini pancakes. Just, I mean, and that, and that's what we get. I mean, they get they get weird murder guys. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Who 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 you have to call count? I guess. Yeah. It's really. I feel like it's something that like us as Americans just cannot comprehend because. But at the same, I mean. But at the same, I mean, uh, actually, no. I mean, we can. Yeah, we just, we literally just did. Two Americans just comprehended it. We were like, yeah, there are fail sons. Yeah. yeah so, that, I mean, yeah. I guess, Laura I guess Herring, we by the way, deserved so much more than what she got out of this movie. She's so hot. She's so fire. I mean, um, she she got like she got a film career out of this. Like she was in movies, you know. Yeah, but she yeah. should have been in more. I love her. <laughs> I want to marry her. She's single. I looked it up. I'm, I'm putting it i'm making i'm doing the secret and i'm putting it out there into the universe yeah yeah it's yeah it's not an accident that she was miss usa um, yeah no she is so far. the first uh hispanic miss usa when yes. i said that my dad corrected me to latina i was like shut up dad owned owned with facts and logic what's it called but anyway yeah, yeah no, no so but I, go, go ahead yeah go, go ahead. ahead go no no you go ahead no, 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 no. I mean, I mean, I think that like, I mean, like, I think that you're right. Like, this is like, like, it is, I mean, and that's the thing is that like watching this movie for me, because the crazy thing that I realized before I watched this movie, because my dad and I were going through David Lynch movies, because my dad's a big Lynch head. And, uh, and, and, and I realized 
the only David Lynch I'd ever seen was I saw exactly one episode of Twin Peaks. Yeah, that, that was it. I saw the pilot. That's it. I haven't seen any David Lynch, which is insane because he's such. I I, I run in such circles where David Lynch is like a person like that people talk about, right? That like I just assumed I seen David. I must have seen David Lynch, right? I have the same thing with a uh, Cronenberg. I've never seen a Cronenberg. Yeah. you know what I mean, right? Like like you know, but like. But so this was the first David Lynch movie I've ever seen. But I am really glad that I had seen Twin Peaks because while I was watching this first part, there's part of me that was just kind of like, okay, all right, I know, okay. Like, like, like I trusted it. I trusted the process. You know what I mean? Right. Because I trusted, like, he's do- this is all deliberate. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, all of this, like, like, like the way that she's just, like she's fucking hugging some old lady that she was on the goddamn airplane with. You know right. what I mean? Like, I was like, no. Again, it is, it's screaming at you. She is an innocent. Exactly, yeah. As someone who has flown into LAX many times, I'm not hugging anyone off that goddamn plane. I'm trying to get out yeah. of that fucking hellhole to enter the other hellhole, which is Los Angeles. What's it called? Yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, you know, um, yeah, no, yeah I, I, I don't know, man. I mean, like, it, it um, yeah, no, yeah, keep going, man. You're on fire. You're on fire, yeah, man. So- I, I guess we should try and describe the plot of this movie, but that's, that's, I feel like that's kind of a fool's oh. errand because like for all David Lynch movies like operate on a dream logic. Like yeah. they move from scene to scene, not dictated so much by, by plot as just sort of like a sort of just their own logic, you know, just in sort of like what, what set, what, what do you feel is right? You know, what feels right? And like all movies kind of operate already kind of operate on a dream logic. Like, you know, I will tell you, there are so many, so many essays and articles and books you read in film school about how the experience of going to the movies, especially in a theater is the experience of entering a dream state. You know, it is a dark space with, uh, where you images are projected in front of you and they're, they're seemingly disconnected from one another, but our minds instinctively create a connection between them, you know, both in the way that like we assemble individual frames into moving, moving images, and then, you know, assemble individual shots into sequences and sequences into a plot, you know, it's all, you know, and you kind of, in a good movie, you kind of just sink into that, and, or not necessarily a good movie, but a smooth movie anyway. You kind of just sink into this almost like liminal space where you're just accepting what is presented to you. Yeah. And that's, most Hollywood filmmaking is sort of built to lull you into that dream space. Um, yeah. And you, movie- you're, you're just, you're just, even though like, you know, you're in like, you know, maybe like, I mean, I mean that's why, I mean, that's part of the reason why they dim the lights at the movies, you know what I mean, right? right? Like, 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 it's not just so you can see the screen better, but so it's that you can, you kind of enter almost like a, um, like a sensory deprivation thing where you're just yeah. focused on the movie, right? Where you don't notice the fucking, you know, the, 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 the dude next to you's farts or whatever, right? You're just fucking... Right. You can be sitting in a theater in, you know, an air-conditioned theater in Rockville, and but in your head, you're in Tatooine or the Sahara yeah. or the Amazon or Russia or wherever, you know? Yeah. I'm always in Russia, baby. <laughs> My dear. But a, a filmmaker like, like David Lynch like plays up the dreaminess of his movies yeah where you notice it yeah like he yeah, forces yeah, you to exactly. notice it yeah yeah that's that's the best way to describe it because it isn't because it's the thing because like with every other movie you just kind of like you almost like you almost enter kind of a trance in the movie and then like 
credits roll, and then you're kind of like, oh, okay, and you pop out. Yeah. And this, I, the the experience for me doing this that whole time was just kind of like, like like someone like shaking you, right? When yeah. you're when you're sleeping, right? And, you know, and you're kind of that half liminal space where you're waking up, right? Where you're like awake, but you're not really awake, and you just kind of like go back down, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, which is, it's that kind of state where you're, you're half asleep, like part of your brain is still asleep, That's, but you're also sort of conscious of the outside world. That is the space in which people experience night terrors. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Someone with a long history of sleep paralysis, buddy. Let me tell you something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and so, like, but he, so, and so he... Be, you know, as as a filmmaker who is aware of that and playing with that, he also uses that as an opportunity to like insert things that like wouldn't fit in a straight narrative. You know, yeah. there are scenes in this that are like they only make sense. You know, if you accept that this is a another plane of existence, it is not reality. It is not trying to be reality. Yeah. You know, the plot of this movie doesn't really. The plot of this movie doesn't cohere in any like reasonable way, like, and yeah. that's that's partially because again it was set up as a you know as a as a TV program where they could, you know, where you don't have to resolve all your plot threads at the end of the week. You know, you can just kind yeah. of introduce things and pay them off later. You know, and like let me, tell you, let me he, tell you something though, the fact that this first half was supposed to be a TV plot, making a lot of the stuff that happens in that second half make a lot of sense. Yes, yeah, a lot of that stuff make a right. lot of sense. So just just briefly, the the sort of overarching sort of ba- bare bones description of this of the like the first part of this movie anyway, the the part that I imagine was the TV pilot, is there's this this actress whose name is Rita who appears to be an actress of some note, but she experiences a car accident after being threatened we don't know why by some sort of hired goon, after the car accident has amnesia sort of wanders about LA until she finds um, this other woman, Diane, play, or uh, not, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah see? Yeah, yeah, okay. see, this is the thing, yeah. Okay, after she wanders into, basically she passes out in some bushes and then finds this, and then sees this woman, this other woman, this older redheaded woman like leaving, like clearly for like some time because she's bringing like multiple bags. Right. And wanders into that woman's apartment and then just passes out. And is then awoken by the person who's going to be, you know, sort of house-sitting while the, the homeowner is away, who is uh, um, Naomi Watts' character, um, who I am now forgetting the name of Betty. because she has... Betty. Because, but she also... This is... As, as a sort of a hallmark of David Lynch movie, she has multiple identities mm-hmm. throughout the and course of the so movie. And so does Rita. Yes, yeah. Because Rita isn't actually even her name. She, when asked for her name by Betty, she makes up the name Rita because the woman whose apartment it is, Betty's aunt, has a picture of Rita Hayward. Hayworth. Yeah, it could be either. Yeah. But, but anyway, sort of the, the spine of this movie is them trying to solve the mystery of Rita's identity while, while uh, Betty is also trying to make it in the film business and is sort of falling into this... You know, there's, there's another subplot happening with Justin Theroux's character, who is a, a director on, on some, you know, big budget Hollywood movie, who's trying to recast his lead actress. And there's some very, like, shady, just nefarious... Yeah. 
types. Is it mafia types? Is it, it so like like with every movie that you assign me after I watch it, I go and read the Wikipedia, and on the Wikipedia it said they're mafia types. The only real indication I got that they were mafia types from this movie is that they were Italian. <laughs> yeah, I mean one of the, one of the one of the like the shady execs is played by Dan Hedaya. So it's like not a leap to be like mafia. That is, that, that's his name, that guy. But it's like it's Nixon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But but it's the mafia as interpreted by David Lynch. So they like they report to a man who seems to exist in like a like again just another plane of existence yeah, played by the ma- Yeah, played played he is in you know, he he's literally the man from the from another place from Twin Peaks, you know, the yeah. the backwards talking dwarf who comes to aid, to Agent Cooper in dreams. Um who seems to wield some sort of unholy influence over Hollywood generally. Yep. Um, and I just, I mean, sorry. I said he's the Jews. <laughs> I, I could say it. Anyway, yeah, yeah, no, but, but no, but, but yeah. And, and basically they get um, uh, Justin Thoreau's character. They basically are like, you are going to pick this woman. And then he's like, I don't know if I'm going to pick that woman. It's my movie. I'm the director. I'll pick who I want. There's right. a great scene with Espresso where, where yeah. in, 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 in the most alpha move I've ever seen in any picture of, of any movie, this man orders an espresso. One of the mafia guys. One of the mafia guys orders an espresso. One of the, one of the Italian gentlemen, we'll call them. We don't know. Yeah. But, but yeah. orders an espresso. He's, and this, this waiter presents him the espresso. He's like very clearly like, we have spared no expense to get you the best espresso. This is like clearly a moment of high drama for them. This yeah. man has to like the espresso. He has extremely demanding tastes. They're like, yeah. we have found you the best espresso in the world. We have, Everyone, we have gone yes. out of our way. We have yes. sought yes. to the ends of the earth to find this espresso yes. for you. Everyone in the room is on like fucking the edge of their seat, fucking pins and needles to see how he feels about this espresso. Just the, in the, the, the the fate of this, the fate of this tens of millions of dollars worth enterprise of this movie may rest on his reaction to this espresso. And what does he do? He takes one sip and then spits it out onto a napkin, like, yes. and not like, and not like, and not, and not like, oh, like, 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 literally just opens his mouth and 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 it and it all falls out onto a napkin, and he like goes like, ah, ah, like, in. It was the most Lynchian way to spit out an espresso I've ever seen in my life, and it was perfect. I yeah, love because, it. Yeah, because, again, like, Lynch is playing with, like, stock types and tropes, and, like, so he will insert, like, the broadest possible comedy into his movie, but filtered through his, like, weird sensibility. So mm-hmm. you get this stuff that you're, like, almost not sure if it's supposed to be funny. Yeah, exactly, yeah. But so, uh, so the director is basically, like, you know, fuck this, I'm not doing it, and fuck you, and he storms off. He smashes up their, uh, the, the mob guy's limo with a, with a, with a, with a, um, with his, with his golf club. And then in the biggest bitch move ever, immediately runs away and drives in his Porsche back to his house, right, where his wife is being fucked by Billy Ray Cyrus. Yes. Who, who is, like, legitimately really funny in this movie, because yeah. his, his whole reaction is, like, He's like the voice of reason in this scenario where he's like, hey man, you shouldn't talk to your wife like that. Yeah. Well, no, first off, his wife is just like, 
his wife is just like his wife is just like what's your fucking problem and then and then he's just like well i bet you he's pretty upset about all this yeah he's talking down both partners in this relationship exactly. he's like i'm just here to have a good time like clearly like but i you know if i need to be your marriage therapist after cucking you i will do that yeah, yeah, if yeah, that's yeah. if that's the role is, that is called on for me, the the calmest man in the world, I will do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, I mean he literally it's it's a tremendous performance by the man, honestly. Yeah. An Oscar for Billy Ray. I'll say he, it here. I mean, for this role, he he deserved something for this. That was yeah. it's such a small role that he played, and I was really glad that he was actually he was put like in the cast of this. That wasn't like yeah. Like, 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 like he gets his name up on the screen alone, and he deserved that. Mm. But so yeah. does. So does Robert Forster, who has literally one scene in this movie. It was like he he plays one of the detectives. Is like oh yeah, yeah. Noted noted character actor Robert Forster, like not a household name, but is like legitimately like a great character actor. Moment Jackie I saw Brown, yeah. yeah. Jackie yeah. Brown, uh, Breaking Bad, Medium Cool, like a dude with a long and storied career is in literally one scene is clearly like this is a dude we'll bring back for like episode three or something yeah but like there was no episode three so he has one scene yeah but still gets yeah. above the line billing because he's robert forster yeah exactly why not fuck you but yeah, yeah no but like yeah and then yeah basically but, just yeah go ahead i was just it's it's not really worth describing the plot of this movie in detail because this is this is a movie about the sense of the movie so yeah. i think it's just important to establish that like this is a movie about an innocent meeting uh, a, an established actress with amnesia and the two of them trying to solve the mystery of their of her identity while like falling falling into this like this like nightmarish cesspool of like of Hollywood like just um sinisterness yeah sinisteria i guess we can call it that that's 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 definitely not the word but that's a word we're making up for this because that's the perfect word for this because that's what it is it's not it's not hollywood decadence which you know which listen buddy i've seen firsthand all right it exists but the point is it's not it's not hollywood decadence this isn't a decadent movie right this isn't a movie portraying decadent people this is a movie portraying I don't know, sinisteria. That's what I'm gonna call it. Like, like, like a sinister atmosphere within this this realm that is supposed to be a dream realm. Like, I mean, LA. Like, I mean, living there. And it was weird for me living there because I was someone who never had any sort of bones about like I was like I'm gonna make it here. My greatest aspiration when I lived in LA was to get a job with the Carpenters Union. That was my big aspiration when I lived in LA. Like everyone, I knew so many people that were trying to make it, and I was just like man, I just need to get down to this work site really bad. You know what I mean? So maybe they can give me a job. But man, they want me there at five in the morning. And that's gonna Hey be- man, you could have, you, speaking of Harrison Ford, he started off as a carpenter, man. You could have been Harrison Ford. Listen, they were literally, that, yeah. They were literally just like, you, you look like you could be in a movie. You want to be in a movie? He's like, ah, I guess, but only if I could be high the whole time. How, can you imagine what my life would have been like if that had happened to me? I feel like, I feel like it would be worse. It would be so much worse. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. No, I, I would have... Just imagine. Yeah, it would have been really bad. I would... Yeah, yeah I might have joined the 27 Club. Who knows? Yeah. But, what's it called? but it, honestly, a blessing how lazy I am. But no, but I mean, like... That's the thing. I mean, like, I mean, like, there's this character that I think that we need to talk about real quick. The cowboy? Yeah, this is a... So, part of the just sort of, like, the... In, 
the intimidation of Justin Thoreau is that, you know, he, he meets with this character who's a, he's, he's literally dressed like a cowboy, but has no eyebrows. His name, he, the name of the, of the, of the actor, do you remember his name? No. Monty Montgomery. Monty Montgomery. Monty yeah. Montgomery. And it's just, it's one of those things where he, there are characters, like there are characters in David Lynch films who feel like they are, you know, again, like supposed to be like stock types, like Justin Thoreau. Again, he's like a hotshot director, like not a character who's given a lot of shading, but like, you know, is like a recognizable type who exists in yeah. like a Hollywood version of the real world, at least. Yeah. yeah. And, and David that Lynch movies, people, yeah. yeah, but David Lynch movies are often about those types of people encountering beings who seem like they were beamed in from another planet. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what you can say. The cowboy really does feel like, like not even like an alien, but like an extra dimensional being. Yeah. He, I mean, so Justin Thoreau goes out to this, like, dude you know, ranch. A, like what feels like a Hollywood set version of a dude ranch. It's at night, like it's all dark. And then like, as if. In, in, someone, in like the top of the Hollywood Hills. Yes. And then like, as, as if like, summoned by Cthulhu, like a light turns on above his head of its own accord, and then out of the shadows appears this character, the cowboy, who again feels kind of like, he's, his name is literally the cowboy. It's clearly like playing with a stock type. But like there is a cowboy. But there is something clearly wrong about him. Like mm -hmm. in like the absence of eyebrows, his like completely affectless yet threatening demeanor. Like, yep. it's clear, like, this is, this is not a person. This is a force that you do not mess with. No. Like, there's, there's nothing, over, like, there's nothing implicitly threatening about him. Just yeah. you know that he is someone who is not to be disobeyed. Yeah. Like, he doesn't scream that at you. He just says, if you do what I want, you will see me two more times. If you do not do what I want, you will see me three more times. And that's and he, it. He says it almost exactly like that, but just in the presentation of it, you know, this is like, you were being threatened with a fate worse than damnation. You know, you yes. don't want to know what that third visit is. You don't want to know what that third visit is. You want those two visits and that's it. You do not want that third visit. Yeah. And that, this is why I wanted to, like, I think it's worth clarifying this as a horror movie. Because there, this, it's, not, it's not structured like any type of traditional movie. It is, again, just, it's, it's it is, I, I think, literally a dream someone is having. I think there's an argument to be made that it is just literally supposed to be someone's dream. We can get into that in a second. Yeah. When I see but people as, talk about this movie, they don't talk about it as, like, watching this movie. They talk about it as experiencing this movie. Yes, they call it an exactly. And that's what it is. This is an experience you are having, like a dream. And, and some of those experiences, like in a dream, like, it suddenly verges into something terrifying. Mm -hmm. um, so we need to, I want to talk about the scene. The scene at Winkies, the diner scene, um, because this is when I when I when I first saw this movie, and I think to this day is still the most frightened I have been by a scene. So there is a scene just about twenty minutes into the movie. It's not even that far. Like the plot has barely even really started, and then suddenly the movie cuts away from all of the characters you know to just this conversation between these two guys at a diner, where there's yeah. there's no there's no context given. Uh, you, you, you see one, like, you don't even really see either of the characters ever again. Like, you see one in one shot much later on in the movie that I think is a very significant shot that is kind of the key to unlocking what this movie is doing. But it's just these two guys sitting down at a, a brightly lit diner in the middle of the afternoon, 
And one of the guys is, whose name in the movie is Dan, which sort of rhymes with Diane, which we'll get into later. But um, he's just, he's, he's basically asked his friend to meet him at this diner. And the friend says, you know, what, why have you brought me here? But the friend says, well, it's kind of embarrassing. But I keep having this dream where you and I are at this diner. And he just basically describes that he keeps having a dream about, about the two of them meeting in this diner. But the way this actor is delivering this, it's again, one of those things where it is presented as, as non-threatening. But there's something so menacing to the way he's delivering it. Like, just in the way he presents his face. Like, I don't know the name of this actor. I have seen him in other things. He actually had a great yeah. arc. He had a great arc on Mad Men, where he was playing this insult comic who was being cucked by Don Draper. Um, and, like, um, but it is like a great character actor, regardless. Um, has one of the funniest lines in Mad Men. But I, we don't need to get into that. We've already had enough digressions um but the what he is doing with his face as he is describing the stream he's his the bottom half of his face is smiling like as if he's just talking to a friend you know they're having a just chatting with his buddy the top half of his face especially his eyebrows is just furrowed as if he as if he wants to strangle this man as if he's holding back some tremendously violent and primal urge um, and he's just describing, and what he what he says is just, I keep having this dream, and you and I are sitting here, and I see you, and out back there's a man, and he's the one who's doing it. No additional context is given beyond that line, yeah. but just in in the context in 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 his delivery and in the context, and just the way it is filmed, with again this like Paul Mark Lynch like building ambient drone on the soundtrack that just adds just this level of threat and menace to everything, you know something awful is being described and you can't yeah. put your finger on why. It just, it has the feeling of a nightmare. Yeah. David Lynch has the capacity more than any other filmmaker I've ever seen to capture the sense of a nightmare. Yeah, um, yeah. Where, and it really does feel like, uh, the actor's name is Patrick Fischler. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, he's like, a, folks, if you don't, if that name means nothing to you, don't worry, it didn't mean it, it doesn't mean anything to me saying it, but like you, you look up this man, you're like, oh. I've seen him in a million things, you know? Yeah. David Lynch makes great and prolific use of character actors, and it's fantastic. Yeah. Like, I think what really, stri what really struck me about this scene was that it is almost as if he's talking to the audience, and yeah. his companion here, who, again, I can't remember the name, but, 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 but that guy really is basically being like an audience stand-in, because yeah. what he ends up doing is being like, okay, come on, let's, let's go. You say it's right there, yeah. right? And I mean, this... This scene is structured so simply, like it is a man saying, like Dan is, uh, is just saying, hey, there's a thing that's going to happen and it's going to be scary. And then yeah. the thing happens and it's scary. Yeah. But what David Lynch is just, again, just so able to communicate just that, that nightmare sense of, I don't know why, but I know I am supposed to be scared. Yeah. And something is about to happen. And when I see it, I am going to have to wake up. Because yeah. if I don't, I will die in my sleep. Yes. And so what they do is they just, they go out to the back of the diner. They walk very slowly, just with that, again, just ominous thrum building on the soundtrack, walking very slowly, taking their time, letting you freak yourself out. And then just, they're cutting back and forth from watching Dan walk to his point of view. You know, they're walking towards like this wall, like, you know, just the wall that they like use to partition off dumpsters, you know, just behind the wall, there's a dumpster. That's it just walking towards this wall. But the, it's cut so deliberately where you're just you're watching Dan 
you're watching the wall, they're, get, they're both getting closer. You know it's going to happen at some point. You just don't know when and you're so freaked out. You're freaking yourself out more and more, just waiting, when is it going to happen? And then it happens. It's just a man emerges from behind the wall. That's it. But it's just, it's incredible makeup work. It is the most just frightening and disgusting looking man you have ever seen. It's like a homeless demon has yellow eyes, is like caked in like brown makeup, like just looks like, looks like something from hell. Um, and that's it. You just see it. But it's just, the way it is structured is just, I had never been more frightened in my life. Like, let me, let me set the context for you. Like, when I was watching this, I was stoned off my fucking gourd. And just like, just had to like stop the movie at that point and like go and do something else because I felt like I was experiencing a waking nightmare. And then I don't think I even finished the movie. Like I had to like go, like just take a break for a few months. And then another time, like watched it with a friend while we were both stoned. And like, again, just had the exact same experience. And like for years afterwards, I, me and my friend could just say to each other, he's the one who's doing it. And like, just know we were going to freak the other one out. Just because it is such great like shorthand for just yeah. nightmare shit. Yeah, 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 horrible nightmare shit. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and that's the thing. I'd actually seen this scene beforehand. Yeah. It, I've seen it uh, memefied. Right, yeah. have like some someone pop out, like they have like Trump pop out or something like that, right? And so I like went, so I went, I was like, what the fuck is this scene supposed to be? And I and and so I knew this scene was coming, and 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 even though I knew it was coming, right? Even yeah. I knew that like you know nothing bad was going to happen to Dan. I wasn't about to see this man like viciously murdered or anything. I like mean, that. he does double over as if he has just had a heart attack. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then his friends like, hey, what, what, what yeah. what's it called? Like, 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 Dan, like, Dan, like, wake up, man. Like, you know, but like, but like, it's still, it still got me. It still got me. And, and fun fact that, um, what's it called? The, it's actually played by a woman. Uh, oh. who, so who also played, uh, I don't know if you ever saw The Nun. I have not seen The Nun. You know what it's about though, right? It's about a scary nun. Yeah. She plays the titular nun. Okay. So Good yeah. casting. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah. She's apparently just like a, a like, well, like, like, I mean, I mean, within the horror circle, she's just like, her name's Bonnie something or other. But yeah, she's just like, yeah, she's just like a, a horror actress. You know what I mean? Yeah. And there's such a skill to playing that, to playing a scary person. You yeah. know what I mean? That like, not everyone can do it. Everyone has the potential within them. I believe this, every single human being to be scary. You know what I mean? To do scary, horrible things, you know? Yeah. Right? Anyone, anyone can do that. You know what I mean? Right? Hitler loved his dogs. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Everyone. But, but it, it like, is legitimately great acting for yeah. in one shot like she does with no she, lines she seems like she does nothing she pops out from behind a wall like she doesn't like pop out and be like ah or anything she just she emerges and just looks at him and the look is very understated but it's this look of just like i have you exactly yes i, I am all, i am all of the evil in the world i have emerged from your nightmare and, and I, I am doing this Yes, I am the one who's doing this, and you cannot escape me. I have entered reality. Exactly, yeah. yes. All and, of your nightmares are real, and they are here, and you cannot do anything about it. And it sets a real tone, and I think it's brilliant to have this in the beginning right. of the movie, because it sets such a tone for the movie. 
because there's such menace that hangs over everything that happens afterwards. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. you know it exists in the same reality as wherever the fuck, whatever the hell that was that just popped out of the goddamn wall exists. Right. You know what I mean? Like, 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 like this is Los Angeles in this movie. And yeah. again, as someone who lived there, that's Los Angeles. Yeah. The Hollywood specifically. Yeah. Hollywood, Hollywood, bro. Just the stories alone I have on fucking Hollywood are just, just one of the, one of the, one of the, one Industry of my insider, Matt. No! Bro, one of my best. Now I got to edit it. Yeah, that's your, yeah, that's a you problem, baby. But yeah. one of my best moments when I lived in LA was just, just seeing, I forget what it, just seeing, just such a scene of just extended weirdness, like, like almost Lynchian, right, on Hollywood Boulevard of just like, of just like, of just like, just the weirdest Hollywood shit, just like, just someone just having a bad time, you know what I yeah. mean? But just like pronounced and in public and not like, and just like, and in such a way that like it stuck with me. And then like, just like being like, and it being unnerving. And then me just making eye contact with this other random person, right? Just another denizen of Los Angeles, just trying to have, just trying to go, just trying to make it another day. And we just made eye contact and the dude just went, Holly weird, man. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? And in that moment, that honestly brought me back to reality and I was just like, I'm in this with other people. I am not yeah. the only one having to experience this nonsense, you know? Yeah. Curse town. But yeah, yeah. no, I mean, from there, from there though, then, um, what's her fucking name? Um, gets like introduced, right? Like, and then we meet her and then the plot progresses of them trying to figure out who the hell she is. But like, yeah, you're right. I mean, like, it's, 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 where is the scene though when this goes, because cause we kind of get back into like the dream logic, right? Where this stops being such a nightmare and becomes a dream again. And I think, and, 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 and I don't know, I mean, what is the turn though? Like, where do you think it happens? Because it's hard to put my finger on it. Where does this become, where does it stop being a pilot and start being a movie? So there's a thing that happens that is a pretty clear demarcation in this movie. I don't know if this is where like the pilot stops because you know, part of where Rita and Betty's arc culminates is, you know, they're, they're trying to find this person named Diane because Rita, for some reason, thinks her name is Diane Selwyn. You know, she, she doesn't quite remember why, but that name rings some kind of bell to her. So they go to an apartment that is owned by a Diane Selwyn and they find a body there. Um, a badly decomposed body. Yeah. But again, just like another, like, just horror touch. Like, yeah. Um, or noir touch, because this does feel very much like a noir at times, too. But, um, and then they have, you know, eventually where this leads is Betty and Rita have, like, a lesbian relationship. You know, there is a very explicit, like, lesbian sex yeah. scene. Like, yeah. Which I want to talk about because, because the entire movie, I was, the entire movie up to this point, I was making myself laugh because every time they were in a scene together, I just kept saying, kiss, 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 to myself as a joke, to myself. And then when it happened, I went, I started laughing so hard and I, and I almost texted you and then didn't text you so many times because I was like, no, I need to save it for the show. I was so happy. I was legitimately, I got brought right out of this movie and I was just like, yeah, man. Oh, David Lynch, best director of all time. That rocks. Cause it just seemed, it just like the joke to myself was like, there's no reason for these women to kiss. Like they're just friends. Like, you know what I mean? Like, no, 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 no. But, but, like, but, but, but it hit me that there had been a palpable like sexual tension building yes. between them. 
this the whole is time. A, like I hadn't realized it. The spine of this movie is a queer romance. Like yeah. this, like the, the the lesbian sex scene is explicit, but I don't think it doesn't feel exploitative. They're not like, fucking. They're like yeah. making love. Yeah, it's romantic. Like this is this is legitimately a movie that has like, you know, is like an important like queer like element like their uh, moment in like queer cinema where like a a like loving lesbian relationship is portrayed like yeah, yeah and, and explicitly just, so yeah and they're not just like scissoring right or something right like that. yeah yeah I mean what's it called I mean I mean yeah I mean and this is you know remember two thousand one like it was it yeah. was. I mean, it was literally like basically illegal to be gay in certain states. Like, right. like, like, like you can argue with me all you want, but like sodomy was on the books in so many states at this point. And like gay marriage was, I mean, gay marriage wasn't even legal here. You know what I yeah. mean? Like liberal bastion, Maryland. I don't like, know if it was liberal or illegal anywhere yet. I, th- I think at this point, like, maybe Massachusetts? It was sometime in the, like, early to mid-2000s, but I don't, I don't know about 2001, yeah. because yeah. I remember it happening. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, like, I mean, literally, like, I mean, like, there was a big battle in D.C., like, a few years after this, about whether or not to legalize gay marriage. Like, and there yeah. was pushback to that by, by like, by Democrats. Like, I right. mean, this was... I mean, in 2004, the Democratic Party party platform was uh, was marriage between a man and a woman. Like, yeah, that was the Democrats. You know what I mean? Like, 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 like the the ostensibly center left uh, American political party. In 2008, Obama ran on like, I guess maybe civil unions are okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This was yeah. This was yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, like, I mean, I mean, basically any sort of. Uh, queer romance was was either um, you know exploitative uh, in in right is represented as either you know exploitative or as bad or as like a perversion of some sort you know what I mean um, you know I mean I mean I mean this is I mean like this is a time when it is not not cool to be gay yeah. you know what I mean like it is yeah. it is you are going to have a hard time it is not going to be you know what I mean yeah. But, yeah, yeah, you're not. Yeah, it's 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 rough stuff, you know. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, no, this this it, it, it's once they fuck, it is it, it's 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 and they don't fuck. They 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 literally do just like make love, and they don't really show it that much, right? And, it, and there it, are there are plenty of boobs in the scene, but I appreciate it. Yeah, Laura yeah. Hiring is so she she's so fucking fire. I just kept saying over and over again, God, she's so fire. My dad was like, what does that mean? I'm like, it means hot, and she is. And he was like, oh, yeah, okay. But yeah. But, but after they do consummate their relationship, what happens is they go to this, you know, they, they, they get, you know, some, somewhere along the line, they get a clue that, like, there's maybe important information to be had at this, like, secret nightclub. So they go to this nightclub, and they watch a perform, you know, a, a woman comes on stage and performs a song, and halfway through her song, she passes out, but the song continues with her lying on the floor. I don't know, passes out, dies, something. She, yeah. She's incapacitated, but the, the song continues. Yeah. Um, and that and woman then, is like an actually like noted like Latin uh, artist yeah. of some renown. And, and the song that she is singing is her song. Yeah. 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 Um, I didn't know who the fuck she was, but apparently people that do know. 
Yeah, but but the whole time, part of what like part of the key to Rita's identity is they have found this weird. You know, they go through her purse and they find this weird box in it that seems like it might have like a like a like no a no no they find a key. They find. I thought they found the box first and not the key. No, they might don't. have that backwards. Yeah, 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 yeah. They okay. find the key and then they find the box at the place. Yeah, it's it, yes, that's right. It's a blue key. It is a strange key. It's like it, it doesn't look. It, it's clearly a key, but it's not yeah. shaped like a key. It's like it's triangular. Triangular. It's like a triangular prism. Yeah. Yeah, but when they after they hear this performance, they find a a box that is also blue and has an like an indentation in it that clearly fits this key. And so then they, they go back to uh, the apartment that Betty has been staying in and they put the key in the box. Um, and this is where things get truly strange. Um, so after they put the key in the box, like the, the camera moves. Yeah, well, so, first off, Betty disappears. But, well, that's what I was saying. The, the camera moves just so that Betty is like cut off from the frame and then it zooms back out and Betty is gone. It's just this great like, just totally analog old school filmmaking trick that like, again, just feels like total dream logic at the same time. Like, yeah. the, like the whole universe is contained within the frame and anything beyond it is mutable. Yeah, um, yeah. because I, did, I didn't catch it at the time. Yeah. I didn't even notice it was happening. Right, yeah. Um, but then from there, the camera zooms into the hole in the key or in the key box and then and then it enters an entirely different reality. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. And this is back to the room uh, where the dead woman is. Yes. The cowboy is there and he says, time to wake up. Yes. And then they go, they, they go back again to the apartment where they found the body. Now it is occupied by Naomi Watts, but her name is Diane now. And again, this is kind of a hallmark of David Lynch movies, like shared identities, doppelgangers. And this whole other... Uh, narrative begins to unfold that is simultaneously like much choppier it jumps around a lot more like it's almost hard to follow but also darker sorry much darker yeah it is filmed darker it looks different it is grimier and grittier and the performances are different like it suddenly feels like people giving traditional performances like they feel like real people all of a sudden and like yeah and like I feel like that's, that's an important thing to note. Like you, you could almost like watching the first 90 minutes of this movie, you could almost be like, do these actors suck? Yeah. Um, until th- there's this scene where Naomi Watts goes in on, on an audition. And like there had been a previous scene where she and Rita had been kind of running the lines and they feel totally hacky. Like this, totally, this, like real like, um, um, what do they call it? Um, um, Amdram, you know what I mean? Right, like, uh, like, 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 like real like community theater type shit. Yeah. Like, they're not, like, and they aren't even, like, into the performance. They're both like, wow, this scene sucks. Yeah. Um, they're, like, laughing. Yeah. But then they go to the audition, and Betty kills it, and Naomi Watts kills it. Like, it is an incredible performance. Like, it's clear, like, yeah. it almost feels like, like, a, like a calling card. Like, like, look, I know you've seen the last, like, hour of this movie. Like, no, no, no. I can actually act. Like, yeah. I am a genuine yeah. talent. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it was. It, it, I mean. I mean. I mean. I was just. Thinking, I was like, holy shit. Because just as it. Because it's so fucking meta. Because it is an yeah. acting scene within an acting scene. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Where an actress is playing an actress, performing a role, 
while performing a role. It was, I mean, I mean, and she fucking, you're right. She fucking wiped the floor with it. She fucking killed it, man. Yeah. And it, there's this sense almost that like, at least in the dream sections, like performance is more real than reality. Like when people are consciously acting as actors, it feels more real than when they're acting as humans, you know? Like there are scenes like where they, like from Justin Thoreau's film, the film that he's making, and like those scenes feel again, much realer than all of the, again, just like heightened arch soap opera stuff around it because they feel like a real movie and therefore real. Like there's, there's this whole level of like meta commentary about like art feeling more re real than reality. That like yeah. we take all of our behavioral codes from art or something like that. I mean, yeah, which I'd say there's some truth to because I mean, like I think a big thing that art can impart on something that like you can't get from like like just like like a video of something. Yeah, you know what I mean, right? Is like is like is 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 like this idea of like of of transferring emotion into yeah. in, in into the subject into whoever is 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 is, is is or, or another stuff into the audience you know what i mean so it makes yeah. you feel something you know right i mean like you look at a fucking still painting and you can feel something you know what i mean that maybe you can't if you just you know like like you know like watch like a okay well that's that happened you know what i mean and and it really does i don't know it transfers this and and, and i think that that's because i was confused why the, the entire time i was watching this i was like for that one scene that one scene with the dirty person this is a fucking horror movie you know what i mean but yeah. like when you have this turn, I'm like, okay, now I get it. Because there is a real sense of like, of, of, I don't know, of like, almost like, like, I, I want to say Lovecraftian, but it's not, but it kind of is. There's a whole point of it, Lovecraft. It, it, yeah, it is that, it is that sense that reality could break down. Exactly. Like, yes. That, that, I think that's, that's the true fear in Lynch films that like, yeah. And really in all horror movie and all bad dreams, just that something could enter and ruin everything. That like yeah. one of the main your, yeah. go ahead, go ahead. that your reality is not solid. That there is yeah. something lurking beneath it that could reach up and grab you at any time. Yeah. One of the scariest things about like about like uh, about like Lovecraftian horror is his inclusion of non Euclidean architecture, by which he means like architecture like like buildings that should not stand. Like, right. like architect that should not exist. Because you right now, you listening to this, you Rob, me, Matt, like we have an idea of how things are supposed to look based off of our experiences in this world of how like a house looks, of how a person looks, of how a dog looks, of how anything looks, right? And when confronted with something, right? Of, of how life is supposed to go, right? From start to finish, right? And maybe things happen here and there that surprise us, but ultimately they all fit within this realm that we call reality and we can comprehend, right? And, and, and what makes, basically, and what you're right, and why like people call Lovecraft kind of like the grandfather of modern horror, right? right? And, why, and why, you know, for, you know, like, like why, why, why that, 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 that new kind of, that, that, that break from reality, that idea that, that, that the things that you take for granted cannot be taken for granted. Right, and that well, yes, reality, even even your identity in these movies. Exactly, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yes, yes. You spent this entire first half of this movie as Betty, and now you are Diane. And nothing. And even though all of the characters, none of the actors really change in this. You see all the same characters, and a lot of them even reprising the same roles. Uh, Justin Thoreau is still a director, 
Uh, both women yeah. are still actresses. You know, yeah, the, the second half of this movie has a very like Wizard of Oz feel. Yes, you, you exactly. enter this different space and all of the same people are there, but they all have different meanings all of a sudden. Yes, exactly. So the, yes. The narrative that unfolds in this second half is that Diane is is a struggling actress, but a much more bitter one. Like clearly has like bottomed out in the industry, is not going to make it. She had this relationship with Laura Herring, who's a much more successful actress. And, and whose name is now is now the name of the woman um who was who who the like mob guys said the is girl. supposed to be the leading actress yeah the girl that justin Theroux was supposed to cast yes um yeah um and and so laura herring has has, re has just left diane she has uh broken off the relationship and uh is now dating justin Theroux. um and so what happens is Betty, consumed with jealousy, hires a hitman who had been glimpsed in, again, in the like early before part as a, he'd had a whole like scene where he was, again, a hitman conducting a hit that was like totally disconnected from all of the, the rest yeah. of the narrative. Was this almost like very Coen Brothers scene where he just totally, yes. totally flubs the hit and like keeps having to kill more people because people keep finding him out. Yeah. And then yeah. starts a fire by accident. Yeah. It's like, is a, a great is, scene. A series of murders played for comedy. And it worked. Um, it's, it's a funny scene. Yes. Yeah. But anyway, she hires this man to kill Laura Hare. Um, he kills her. Betty is consumed by guilt, is literally haunted by old people who are, you know, possibly supposed to stand in for, like, her parents maybe, or, like, some sense of, like, her own, like, past and innocence that she's lost by committing this, like, unforgivable sin. These are the old people that she meets on the plane when she right. is still Betty. Yes, in the like before sequence, yeah. And she ends up killing herself. Um, and then I think, so I think the way to read this movie, and I, because I, David, David Lynch has said that like there is a coherent narrative to this movie and even like put out a list of like 10 hints to pay attention to to figure out what this movie is doing. Um, I love and this. I don't, I don't know how much weight to give that. Like, again, this is a movie that you sense more than you understand. But if you want to apply a reading to it, it feels like the dream Betty has as she, like the first half, feels like the dream she is having as she is dying, or maybe some sort of purgatory she's, she's stuck in or something, where she has imagined this reality, where she is still an innocent, and Rita is, a, is totally helpless and dependent on her and still needs her and is desperately in love with her. But there are still these hints of like this darker underbelly, this seediness, this putrefaction that she can't totally escape, which I think the diner scene is the key to because the scene where she hires the hitman in the, 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 the after section, the quote unquote reality, she's in the same diner and she sees the man, Dan, um, who, you know, is the one who, you know, says that he's the one who's doing it. She glimpses him. You know, he seems to witness her paying this hitman to, to kill her lover. Um, and so the earlier scene, that like he's the one who's doing paying, it. Scene, paying him with the, like, uh, purse full of money. Um, yes, that, that Rita has in the very first scene of the film. Where they can't figure out what the money is for or why she has the money. Yeah, there are all these, like, totems that point to, like, the, the after section, the quote unquote reality, which none of this movie is reality, you know? Um, 
But like one of the first shots of the movie is like almost a POV shot of someone getting into bed. Like there are all these hints that you are in dreamland. But but anyway, that, that diner scene seems like a subconscious recreation of like her guilt and the horror that she's unleashed, you know? And he's the one who's doing it. Like that seems like some kind of like subconscious dream recreation of 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 the sin she committed. You know, that's that's the dream she has within this dream. Because before that scene, Betty actually goes to sleep. Like, this could be a dream that Betty is having within this dream. Where she is sort of reliving subconsciously, you know, again, just what she has done. So, again, I don't know that it is necessary to enjoy this movie to understand it. You can't ever really understand it. Right. But if you want, if you want to apply a linear reading to this movie, I think that's the one that makes the most sense. Yeah, I would fucking love for David Lynch to fucking sit me down and explain to me how this is a linear fucking movie. And be like, but he's yeah. he's also someone who refuses to explain his movie. He's like famously kind of a bad interview because yeah. when whenever anyone tries to explain the movie, he's like, the movie is the explanation. I can't say it any clearer than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is yeah. fair, honestly. Yeah, the number, yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, he's someone famous and ever, someone's like in an interview with him and he's basically just like, and they go, right, and they'll ask him something, he'll just be like, yes, and then they'll be like, can you expound on that? And he will say, no. Yeah. Like, like, that is, that is who it is. He is, he is someone who will give you an answer, uh, but will not justify it. He refuses to show his work. And I mean, like, that's the thing. I don't know, I mean, it allows us to kind of talk about, like, what this movie could mean. I mean, that's the thing. It allows this movie to to have whatever fucking meaning for it you want. Like, whether this is a movie about, like, you know, about, like, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, you know, whether this is, like, a queer love movie exploring that, whether this is a movie exploring the, you know... Underbelly the, of Hollywood. Be, be, the, the like, I believe a, a, a term. I'm going to yes. say we coined. We coined that. Sinisteria. But that's it. I mean, that is the true... Because for most people, about the like the nature of art and artifice, yeah. For yeah. most people existing in the reality that is Hollywood, life is not decadent; it is sinister. You know what I mean? Or just boring. It's one of those two. It was really boring for me, but there's plenty of sinisteria in that in that realm. I mean, like you go around that place at night, and I cannot I cannot emphasize this to you enough: the experience of being in Hollywood at night is one of the weirdest feelings I've ever had. Because it is a brightly lit, a, a famously yeah. polluted place. And yet it feels so dark. Because this entire fucking city is built in what was basically the middle of fucking, there's not even fucking water there. You know what I mean? Like, it is a place that if there was not a city here, it would be pitch black. And I guess that's it true also, anywhere, but yeah. But you know what I mean? It like, also feels, I mean, LA at night often feels empty. Yes, because exactly. because it's not like it's not a it's not a town with like it clearly has nightlife, but like everyone is driving everywhere. There aren't people on the streets. Yeah. Like if you drive around Mulholland Drive at night, which is an experience both of us have had, you know you you feel like you could be the only person. There. Yeah, yeah, you feel it's it's the weirdest because I remember having this thought, and this is the moment where I decided that I needed to get the fuck back to the East Coast by any means necessary, right? Or this is one of the moments where I kind of had that first inkling of that was I stepped off a bus because I didn't have a car. I was a bus and walking guy when I was out there, which is an insane way to get around that city. But, you know, I like looked, I remember like I looked all around me. I looked in every direction and just stood there for like five minutes, just kind of taking a minute looking in each direction. 
and just realizing how completely surrounded by city and by people I was and how not only alone I felt, but how absolutely repulsed by it I was. Yeah. Just this feeling of just like, of just like you said, being completely, just knowing that, that all around me, there were tens of thousands of people living in these big buildings and working and in, right and millions of people in this city. And yet, and yet you would never fucking know it. You know what I mean? I might yeah. as well have been in fallout LA. You know what I mean? And it's, it's, it is. And who knows what horrors could emerge into that voided space. Exactly. And me specifically being there as someone with no, um, no, you know, me being, I mean, listen, I'm not an everyman, but in LA, I kind of was like me being someone who has no, I, I never thought I was like going to make it in fucking anything in like comedy, film, art, anything. I had no cultural aspiration, right? Which I feel like gives a lot of, and I saw it gave a lot of people there this kind of like weird false hope in this way to put blinders on to all of the shit and just keep moving forward. I had none of that. I just wanted to fucking live. And, 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 and the city meant nothing to me. And yeah. that, and, and it, it meant, no, it was just where I happened to be living at the time. Yeah. You know and, I mean? and, and in that, in that just desperately lonely place, like the thing that Betty needs more than anything is just a person to love her. Yeah. Like, I think it's, it's, the tagline that David Lynch wrote himself for this movie is a love story in the city of dreams, which yes. is kind of a hilariously blank tagline, like feels like it could apply to almost any movie in the world. Exactly. But like it does at the same time capture some essence of this movie. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I, mean, I mean, that's the thing. My big dream there, my big dream there was to get some sort of like lower middle class, working class job, right? Because I, I at the time I had dropped out of school and I was 20 years old and had base and been cut off by my parents, right? So I was in this real place, but but my big dream was just to like find a mate, right? Raise a family, like maybe afford a house of some sort, like way out there in LA County, like way the hell out there where the buses don't even run anymore, and just try to eat past a living. And that's all I wanted to do. And it just felt so impossible. You know what I mean? Yeah. It felt like everything was already, and there were other mitigating factors here. I'm not going to lie, but like, right. you know, but like, but it really did just, I mean, dude, I, I tried to become a fucking cop because of that, because I was like, <laughs> because I was like, bro, I could like, I was like, that's how I can do this. I can literally just become an, a, a violent agent of the state. But if I, if I do that, and if I can just try to be the least racist one of them, maybe I won't want to put my gun in my mouth. You know what I mean? And I can right. like, hold my breath long enough doing this job that again an insane job being in la law enforcement right you know but i could just feel like i could just put the blinders on i could have those blinders up that so many other people in the city seem to have and i just could not fucking do it it's just it is such a dark place and yeah God, i think in a lot of ways this is a movie about someone trying to put their blinders up and failing exactly like at every term like like horror emerging from behind the blinders where yeah. you just want to look at this as you know it's a dream factory i just want to be a star and be the the, the perfectest person in the world but yeah. but horror keeps emerging from behind those blinders yeah. and you know you know what's so interesting though that i was thinking about in this is that i feel like you could almost make a movie called like i don't know like constitution like 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 like, like uh fucking called like i mean i don't know like wisconsin avenue you know what I mean, right? K Street. 
Lake what? Pennsylvania Avenue, K Street. Pennsylvania yeah. Avenue, K Street. Yeah. I mean, River no. Road. Yes, exactly. River Road. Yeah, baby. River Road. But no, but that's the thing. Is that like, is that like, because the thing that I always told people when I was out in LA, I was like, this just feels like West Coast DC because there is that same thing that happens here. But instead of with culture, it's politics. You know what I mean? Like how many fuck? I mean, like we are, we are actually almost in the minority of people who are actually from here. Like half yeah. of all people who live in this area are transplants. You know what I mean? And it's the same thing in LA. I mean, I was a transplant there. You know what I mean? I mean, it, 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 this is a place where people come from all over the country to try to realize their dreams. But instead of, um, you know, being someone in the culture, it's, it's being, it, it's power. You know what I mean? But, but people who arrive are often, when they do, motivated by idealism, you know? Exactly, they've, yeah. You know, they've seen Mr. Smith goes to Washington or the West Wing or whatever. Yeah. They're going to make a difference and then are, you know, ground down by the gears of just entrenched power. Exactly, yeah. Uh, and that's the thing is that, I mean, people in L.A., they've seen just culture. They've seen just yeah. American culture and they've been like, I could do that. That could be me. Why not me? That's the thing I heard the most. Why not me? You know what I mean, right? right? And even if I didn't hear it, and even if the person never said it, I knew that's what it meant. But the most interesting people when I was out there were the people who were actually from out there because they just seemed completely immune to all of it. Like, I, like one of my best friends out there was from North Hollywood, and he was just this, like, Ukrainian criminal from North Hollywood who had, like, technically three strikes against him, but one of them, they, like, pleaded it down so it didn't count. But, like... He was a man that was one felony away from spending the rest of his life in the Twin Towers Correctional Facility. You know what I mean? Or, or, right. or not. He wouldn't be, he'd be, probably be sent upstate. But he was like, and, 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 and I mean, he was the most interesting man I had ever, I, one of the most interesting men I've ever met in my life. Literally was a cat burglar who had a task force set up for him uh, back wow. in the day. Yeah, no, yeah. And, it, and just, but like, the most normal person I met out there. And was just, again, like, like, like a lot of like the soul crushing and the grinding and all of that, that so many people experience that I experienced being out there. He just seemed completely immune to, because for him, this was home. This is where he's yeah. from. And, and it's in that same way of like, you and I can walk around DC and we don't feel that on we, that I feel like, you know, so many people must feel, we're just like, yeah, yeah, no, we're just, <laughs> we have, yeah, that's where I'm from. You know what yeah. I mean? It's, My parents it's, live here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I went to fucking school here. Yeah. You know, yeah. I know this road. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So I don't know. It's, it is, it is, I don't know, man. It's, it's, I'm, it's an, it's a really, it, it's, I don't it's know. Singular. It is. It is. But I think that it also echoes into this time when, you know, especially during quarantine and everything, when things are so un, uh, are just so lonely and where, you know, we're, we're so close and yet we've never been farther apart kind of shit. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know, man. It's, it's, I don't know. So I'm guessing this is a recommend from both of oh, us. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. All right. Yeah, I want to watch all the rest of his movies. Like, honestly, like yeah. he's, he's, I mean, he's one of those men that like, I don't usually get like, oh, when like a celebrity dies because they're all pedophiles, but no, but, but I, once again, I was hoping you would laugh at that. That was a moment for you to laugh. Now I feel weird having said it. I, I knew where you were going to go, Matt. No, you didn't know, but 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 I legitimately will feel bad when he dies because we will have lost something unique. Exactly, exactly. That like, I mean, I don't know. I mean, there are people that kind of do the same thing, but no one's doing this. You know? Yeah, I mean, he is someone who is 
as fluent in the language of cinema as you can possibly get and is speaking it in a way that no one else does. Yeah. You know what I'm going to say? Oh, we really should just do my movies first. <laughs> we spend a lot, long time on mine. Well also, well, also just because now to do, I mean, listen, Zombievers broke us, all right? To have to transition into an actual, from an actual movie to some bullshit I came up with. Yes. But before we do that, I actually, I just need to reset and move inside. So just give me, okay. let's take a quick break. So it does actually make sense that you do yours second because, you know, it's it's actually, I will say, in the grand cinematic tradition to do yours second because back in the day, you know, what they would do, they would, like, when you went to the movies, they would actually program a whole bill, you know, so you'd have, you know, a couple shorts first, maybe a, a newsreel, then you'd have your A picture. And that was really what people were showing up for, you know, was the thing that people bought their tickets for. But then after that, you know, you want something to keep the butts in the seats. Like even after people have been there for a couple of hours, just so they keep buying popcorn or whatever, you know, you keep making some money. They'd program a B picture, you know, which was, you know, usually shorter and cheaper, but louder and entertaining, you know, just, just. Oh my God, a B movie. That's where the term comes from. Yeah. Okay. So you, you are, you are our, our B movie programmer and let me just say, oh, by man. those by those standards, like something that will just keep butts in the seats, you have whiffed, my friend. <laughs> but I'm, I'm fulfilling the great Matt tradition of not being good at my job. <laughs> I'm not being good at my job, but being but being the only person that will consistently show up on time. So, and even that questionable. So, aiming for replacement level, just over the level. Mendoza line. Exactly. Just, just, just doing just a good enough job that it would be kind of a pain in the ass to replace me. So you just keep me on. Yeah. That's what we're going for. All right. So let's talk about The Haunted Mansion. Yes. Directed by, I'm kidding. I don't know who this is directed by. Uh, Rob Minkoff, actually, who is, you know, not like a name, but is of some, some note. He was one of the directors of The Lion King. Ah, well, that explains it. So this is a 2000. Hold on, hold on, Matt. Oh, there you go. Roll the trailer. This is the ancestral mansion of the Gracie family. It's a real fixer-upper. With a Victorian ballroom, secret passageways, spacious grounds with room for the whole family. And a mystery that has cursed the house for over 100 years. But no one told the Evers family. Honey, you know they have uh, dead people in the backyard. I'd really rather stay on the ground. Can I stay on the ground, please? 
Dark spirits from the grave come forth. Don't you make no dark spirits come out while I'm sitting there. Wait till I leave before the dark spirits come out. The Haunted Mansion. Welcome back from the trailer. Welcome back, folks. Uh, and hope you enjoyed the hijinks in that trailer there. Um, this is a movie from, I believe, the year 2003. Yes, although, the, do you know the story behind the production of this movie? No, go ahead. So this was actually originally greenlit back in the 80s. Basically, some, um, someone at Disney saw the movie Ghostbusters and was like, we should do our own Ghostbusters. Um, and in, but we're so committed to doing Ghostbusters that they insisted on casting one of the stars of Ghostbusters. They were like, we either need Murray or Aykroyd or hell, we'll even take, uh, was it Reitman? Yeah. Yeah. Even Rick Moranis, not Ernie Hudson. Sorry, no Ernie Hudson. But, what? But for reasons, you know, no, no real reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder why, yeah. Yeah, but the same reasons that a lot of people's favorite basketball players are John Stockton, uh, Steve yeah. Nash, Larry Bird. Yeah. But uh, they, they could not get anyone for, they could not get anyone from Ghostbusters, so it kind of just sat on the shelf until the early 2000s when they kind of started doing the whole like we're just going to adapt our rides into movies mm -hmm. thing first we fresh off the um uh, pirates of the caribbean success no, no 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 pirates of the caribbean was the last of those it was the one where they finally hit the first one was tower of terror which was a made for tv movie yes 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 disney channel original movie yes then they they tried mission to mars which insanely was directed by Brian De Palma, um, had a huge budget that I don't think it recouped, but again, weirdly, was a massive hit in France. Um, and then I, then I believe this, and I think there's one more that I, oh, yes, The Country Bears. Um, what? And, yes. I don't, I literally don't believe you. And then finally they got to Pirates of the Caribbean. And it was like, okay, we'll just make a hundred of these. We'll, they will yeah. be making Pirates of the Caribbean movies until uh, Johnny Depp is literally a skeleton. Oh my God, this, there was a Country Bears movie. Oh yeah. Oh my God, I'm having the weirdest feeling in the world right now. Someone weird was in that. Let me, I need to look Christopher at Walken was in that. Yes, but that makes sense. Haley Joe uh, Osment? Also makes sense. Yeah, I don't know. Actually, yeah. All those people make sense. There's an anonymous. What was I thinking of? Ain't nothing like a great outdoor. Oh, okay. For whatever reason, I thought this was a movie that Joaquin Phoenix was in. Because he had this weird period after, like, after making Gladiator, where he, like, you know, finally was like someone of note and not just like the Jim Belushi to River Phoenix. Because like that was kind of his rep for a little while. He's just the other Phoenix brother. They made Gladiator, got like an, an Academy Award for that, but like Hollywood didn't quite know what to do with him. Yeah, but what the fuck did River Phoenix ever actually do? A lot. He was a very talented actor. Um, yeah, yeah, what was he in? Stand by shut me. The, shut the fuck up. Okay. But, um, I'm a good but like, play that. Like they kept putting. Oh, wait, no, no, he died of a heroin overdose. 
I'm getting him confused with uh, the Hallelujah guy. Yes, that was Jeff Buckley. Yeah. Um, but like they kept putting Joaquin Phoenix in weird movies that didn't quite fit him. They were like, I don't know, leading man. I guess we could put him with John Travolta in Ladder 49. Um, so for like five years or so, he's just doing like all these weird movies he did not fit in, including, and this is what I got it, got it mixed up in, is a voice role in Brother Bear. That's um, right. Not the Country Bears, another bear movie. But then finally got like Walk the Line and people were like, oh, okay, this guy is like yeah, an actual actor. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, all of that is irrelevant. Beyond the Night. That was an okay movie. I like um, Beyond the Night. Yeah. I, like, I saw it at a sleepover, which is not the right way to watch that movie. No. But like still, like, still stood out. Um, I believe that was James Gray. I could be wrong about that, though. Um, Beyond the Night. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, James Gray, yeah. Yeah. All of this is irrelevant to The Haunted Mansion, because once again, we are just doing our best to avoid talking about your movie. Are we though? Yeah. We are. The Haunted Mansion, um, directed by uh, Ebert Meinkoff. Um, That's it. Yep, yep, yep. Directed by the Biter-Meinkoff Complex. Um, that's a by uh, Robbie Meinkoff. Robbie Meinkoff. Did you ever see the movie The Biter-Meinkoff Complex? No, I've heard it's good though. It's, it's really good. It's mm. really good. You might get assigned it sometime. Uh, a lot of people in Germany- a lot of people in Germany really liked it. A lot of people in Germany really didn't like it. Yeah, that's uh, kind of, yeah, it seems right. They're like, yeah, which they're glorifying objectively very cool people. Uh, but we did good things and we stand behind all of it. This is Edward, a pro Red Army faction. Uh, Edward Murphy. Talk to us about Edward Murphy. Yeah. So this is Eddie Murphy. Um, you know, he's coming off of such hits such as 48 Hours. Uh, that's a while in the past like he, th this came out the same year as daddy daycare that's the mode he's in at this point in his career he's like yeah, I, I have i have made my bag and i have like cemented my legacy as like one of the greatest comics of all time i've made a, a, a string of like yeah. hugely successful movies i'm just gonna what is your favorite comedy routine of his rob uh, all of the ones where he used slurs um <laughs> but um can you cut point, in that? Can you cut in that routine? Absolutely not. But um. <laughs> oh man, folks, look up Eddie Murphy Raw. Have a good time. Remember, remember just what 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 the not so distant past was. But anyway, but I, I wouldn't say it's fair to say he's sleepwalking in this movie. It's just he's doing stuff that he can do in his sleep. Yes, like, exactly. He like yeah. he has like charisma falling out of his ass, but he just shows up and does like the Eddie Murphy shtick. Like, yeah, you know, there's yeah. there's nothing surprising. Like, he is a man who can push himself. Like, you know, yeah, he's been absolutely. great in movies, even like quasi dramatic roles. Like, you know, when they canceled his Oscar for Dreamgirls because he made Norbit the same year and they were too embarrassed. But like, he's legitimately great in Dreamgirls. And like, mm -hmm. I haven't seen it, but I've heard he's great in My Name is Dolomite. Like, mm -hmm. he's great in Beverly Hills Cop. Like, totally he's different. He's fantastic like, in Beverly Hills Cop. Like, understandably, like the biggest movie star in the world. Like, yeah. charisma falling out of his ass once again. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, 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 there's a part of Edward Murphy where like. He can like when he like actually puts his mind to a role and actually mm -hmm. tries, like can knock another part. I mean, Forty Eight Hours is one of the is is one of my favorite movies. Like, I mean, yeah. him and Nick Nolte just going back and forth, just slurs flying all over the place. But it's, <laughs> really, 
but it's fantastic. And it plays that like, well, because what is that? That's 80s, right? Yeah. Uh, Early 90s? No, no, no. It's definitely 80s. It's like early 80s, I think. Early 80s. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. I was shocked. But yeah, no, yeah. But like, he, he, he is a person. I mean, he made SNL funny. He was funny on SNL. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Right? Um, he like yeah. kind of saved SNL. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's the person that they really like. That, like, he's one of the people that they really say like of that time. Like, really, because you know, yeah, you can and was to- immediately too cool for it. Like, was exactly. not there long. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and was right to not be there that long because he really yeah. he made the right moves. And that's the thing is that is that he basically, like you said, he's made his bag. He's cemented himself as someone that people are going to be like for whatever he does. They're going to be like, yeah, but he was really good at that. You know what I mean, yeah. right? Eight hours, or, or, or he, is, he is Eddie Murphy at this point. Eddie Murphy, exactly, right? Yeah. He's a household name, and he gets thrown this role by Disney. Which, see, this totally changes my because I had assumed that they hit off of um, Pirates of the Caribbean, and then we're just like, "Fuck it, we're gonna try, we're gonna try to replicate this with everything," because that's what movie studios do. They they get a hit, and then they just keep they beat it to death in every single way possible. Yeah. You know what I no, mean? No, Pirates of the Caribbean was, I think, coasting in large part off of the success of this. Like, this yeah. wasn't like a runaway hit or anything, but it, like, it made the money. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I saw it in the theater. I did. As I see, apparently every movie in the theater, it, this podcast has really illustrated to me how much movies I watch. How much In like movies. the mid-2000s, not any of the good ones. Yes, no, just all of the, all of the instantly forgettable ones in the mid-2000s I've seen. Yes. In, and I paid money for it, and 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 we had to go find a find parking for a car to go do this. Yes. Did you or did your parents? What? Not my parents. I was, <laughs> I, was I was I was a I was a small child when this came out. Yeah. But um. But yeah. No. But but so so you basically have. I mean. I mean. So this is such a weird movie because I think what's weird about it is that like because I mean what were the other movies that they made? So I never saw the Country Bears one. Right. Um, I don't uh, think anyone has seen the Country Bears one. I, remember, I don't think the Country Bears have seen the Country Bears one. Seeing the poster for the Country Bears one, I'm having flashbacks of the trailer. Yeah. And like, and it's one of the. I remember it being one of those trailers where it's like, oh, great. Okay, so I've basically seen the movie now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I get it. You know what I mean, right? Um, Which is kind of this movie. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, well, what's insane about this movie is is that like there is so have you you've been to Disneyland, right? World as a world. very small child yeah did you ever like, go i have almost no memory of it but you ever go on the haunted mansion i i don't know i i would think not because i was a very frightened child yeah. like i i was man, so. i cried outside of like the little mermaid thing because Ursula that was scared that me was so yesterday much. that was yesterday yeah. yeah yeah no i i was honestly terrified of the haunted mansion ride uh for years and then i finally like i hit like I don't know, like like an age where I was like, I'm too old to be afraid of a ride, right? Yeah. And so like I went and I did it and I loved it. And I've actually weirdly done a lot of research on the haunted mansion because it is such a weird ride to have at what is the happiest place on earth. You know what I mean? I tried to do a lot of research on it for this because I was like, okay, it's a Disney World ride set in like New Orleans. There's got to be some weird racist stuff in it. But like if there is, like the Wikipedia article didn't mention it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was desperate for like a controversy section of the Haunted Mansion ride, <laughs> but th- there isn't one. Well, 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 this thing is that, is that there kind of is because this is a ride that people take their children on and it starts off with a suicide. Like, 
like, like, like I started watching this movie with my kids because I was like, it's a Disney movie about, about Eddie Murphy being goofy and there are ghosts and it's Halloween, whatever. And one of the first scenes is the, is the Lord of this manor, well, not the Lord, but you know, it's in New Orleans, but you know, yeah. the, the rich. But guy. is it like, it's very like this, the mansion itself is set in like nowheresville. Like everyone in it is English. Like it's, it's yeah. set, it's, it's, it's set in like the Disney world version of like a haunted mansion from the past. And yeah, exactly. Just, if you're, if you're making something for children, like, written by people who are essentially adult children like it's just what ghosts they're all english yeah exactly yeah even though it literally because on their on their car the license plates are louisiana like this is supposed to be like 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 louisiana yeah one of yeah one of the off of new orleans yeah yeah and you you could like that's that's a really great setting you could do a lot with that they do not but like no oh no but again, it's like, it doesn't even feel like it's set in New Orleans. Like just that the mansion is kind of in the bayou, but it, again, it just kind of feels like a Scooby-Doo or Nowheresville. Exactly. But, but like what, I think one of the funniest unintentional jokes in the movie is that because Eddie Murphy is playing a real estate agent who's trying to sell this mansion, at least he thinks he is. If it turns out there's actually more afoot, but, Ooh. but like when he gets the call to be like, Hey, this mansion is up for sale. He's like, he doesn't know it's a mansion. He just knows like the area. And he's like, Oh, ev- that's a really nice part of town. Like every, all the houses there are like these big, like rich people houses. And then they get there and it's literally a swamp. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, it's like, the, but it's like, it, it's not played as a joke. It's just like the screenwriters like forgot the, the scene they wrote like five minutes ago. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. And it's literally like an overgrown mansion in the middle of a swamp. Yeah. Like yeah. it's like, like like you can just tell how many immigrant laborers and let's be honest, slaves died making this fucking mostly house. slaves. Mostly slaves. Overwhelmingly slaves. Yeah. Which also put a pin in that, because we are I am gonna make us talk about that. Okay. Let's, yeah, because there is there is a there isn't a racial connotation to this movie, and there really should be, right? Which, folks, just trust me on this. Just trust me on this. Do we'll not get there. cancel me for that. We'll get there. But so, but so, this is interested to hear your, I'm sure, sensitive thoughts. Exactly. Oh, absolutely. Who's more sensitive than me, baby? Come on, come on, Mister Sensitivity, right here, right? Mister Sinisteria, right here. I can't take you seriously in your off-brand Skyrim hat. It's a great hat. It's a great. That's, a, that's an all-time hat. Don't worry, I've ordered several more, so don't worry. You're going to be seeing several hats, including a I am not excited. You're so excited. Don't even talk to me. Anyway, no, but uh, but so 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 the whole conceit. So that's the thing. So Haunted Mansion is an insane ride. I mean, I mean, you really, if you really think of any Disney ride, they're insane. You think of like Pirates of the Caribbean. It's literally a scene of pirates uh, raping and pillaging a a coastal town. Right, set to jolly yo ho yo ho, a pirate's life for me. Like all this shit is just like all the Disney shit. Cause it's all based in like in like old like kind of like Americana and old legends and stories, which are all insane, right? Which are I mean, all- but it was it's drawn from that, and then like most of it was like made in like the like the fifties or sixties, yeah. when like you could get away with so much more with children because 
you know, again, like the dominant parenting method was just let them loose and see what happens. Yeah, exactly. And again, it was just like a, the world was a nightmare. So, you know, the kids are going to get exposed to it. What do you want? Fuck you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. What, do you, what, what you think a kid's not going to see a dead body? Come on. Yeah. You know, the what primary I mean? children's game was like reenacting genocide as cowboys and Indians. Exactly. Yes. 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 And then arguing over who had to be the Indians. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I don't want to be genocided today. Shut up, Billy. You were the Cowboys yesterday. I want to do some genociding today. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. My dad would tell me about these toys that he would have when he was a kid and they were just like machine gun. <laughs> you know what I mean? Which like yeah. we had as kids too, but like, it was just like so much more blatant back then. Yeah. They were just like, yeah. Oh yeah. You're just playing war because you're probably going to be in a war. You know right. what I mean? All right. You're going to have to serve your country one day. That's fine. But um, what's it called? But now, um, but so, but so that's the thing. So this, so, so, so they have to take this ride, right? Which isn't, which is literally just about a haunted house, right? And try to make it into a movie, right? right. And so they do this in the weirdest way possible. They do I don't know. It seems like I, it, it is from, from a rational perspective like someone who had no like prior knowledge of like studio bullshit it would seem very weird but like i don't know like it but being versed in like family film formula like this is just the most obvious like day one pitch like yeah. you know he's a workaholic and you know he's he's kind of like maybe gonna lose his family like they're starting to feel underappreciated and he has to learn to like appreciate his family yeah, like it's yeah. it's you know it's every '90s and like fam yeah. like family comedy. It's fucking liar liar. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Which is just everything. No, 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 no. And you're right. And I'm not. That's not what I'm critiquing this on. What I'm critiquing this movie on is the specific thing. So basically, the crux of the plot is that yes, they go to this house right, with thinking that they're gonna sell it. He's a workaholic. Like you know, they're going to. They're supposed to be going on like a family vacation to this lake where no phones, no work, they're just gonna be a family at this lake, right? Because he's like missed their anniversary because he was trying to sell another house, which because is- Because he, he was selling Kenny Banya's house. Exactly, yes. I don't yeah. know who that is, but- The Seinfeld really guy. Is that actually who that was? The actor playing the, one of the, you know, the husband, the couple whose house he was selling is the same actor who played Kenny Banya on Seinfeld. I've never seen him in anything else. Just this and as the most annoying shitty comic in the world. Pretty good. Yeah. Not bad. But what's it called? It's, as they say in the Flintstones, it's a living. But anyway, what's it called? But so, so, so they go to this house and basically the crux of the movie is that this house is full of ghosts, right? that mm -hmm. over the course of the movie they learn oh my god they're all ghosts but that his wife looks exactly like the um the 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 head of the household uh, right right the, the guy who owns the manors like the lord of the manor the lord of the manor yes we're americans though so we don't have those but again this is in this is in fucking like i i get like this is in like i don't know early 19th century New Orleans? Was that, was it British then? No, I mean, it, if anything, it was French, but. Yeah, but he's British. Yeah, it was, yeah, and then we bought it, and then we fought the British for it. 
Yeah, I, and the manor is played played by Nathaniel Parker, who's an incredibly like uh, he's like a very notable like English stage actor. Like yeah. English stage actors love being in the worst American films. Yeah, no, it's literally just like I need to renovate my kitchen. Yeah, I'll take your million dollars. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, which you know what? Get your bag, buddy. Get your you bag. know the the butler is played by Terrence Stamp. Yeah. But again, like insane that he's in this. Well, not totally insane. Terrence Stamp will be in some shit. But like yeah. again, just incredibly accomplished English stage actor, and you know, incredibly accomplished like American film actor, or just yeah. you know, film actor, not exclusively American. Yeah. But they had originally tried to cast Anthony Hopkins as the butler. <laughs> like obviously turned it down but i feel like if they had waited 10 years they could have gotten anthony hopkins they absolutely could have gotten he's him. he's in a fucking transformers movie now he'll be in whatever again he's just yeah. he's renovating like he's building like new wings on his house exactly yeah and yeah. just being every day his house is just a mess at this point so he keeps building house building extensions onto it with like michael bay money exactly just and but he is still the most blessed one of the most blessed men in hollywood a yes. purely a purely a benevolent force. Get benevolent. your money, Anthony Hopkins. He you deserves can open a Transformers movie and talk about how Optimus Prime used to hang out with uh, uh, Harriet Tubman. You did. Yeah. yeah. Can we watch those movies? I have seen too many of them already. Let's go. We still need to do. What's it called? I'll talk to you later. But anyway, okay. no, 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 no. But so, but so that's the thing, right? So it's played up as this weird, like almost love triangle between, right? where they are trying to, these ghosts are trying to break the curse, which is that, 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 the, that, that, that Nathaniel Parker is, in, is, is, is basically the scorned lover, right, of a, of a dead woman, right, of a woman who killed herself, right, rather than be with him, right? And basically it's found out that, oh no, the butler did it. The butler killed her because it wouldn't have been proper. Now here's the, here's the racial aspect that we have to talk about. Yeah. Like so, they frame they frame it as like you know he was going to abandon his post or something like you know he he wanted to run away from the manor but like if you look at this with any kind of like not even woke just like half awake eyes you're like the butler killed him because he was gonna marry a black woman yes exactly yes it yes. doesn't look great it 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 and it is never explicitly stated because yes she is a black woman and did you recognize her. Yeah, she's from Black Knight. That's right. Yes. Just also, just she at the at the time of the, like this is just like such standard bullshit that it's almost not worth mentioning. But at the time the, at the time of the filming of this movie, she was twenty seven, and her children are supposed to be fourteen and twelve. Yes. She's yes. also fifteen years younger than Eddie Murphy. Yes. Yes. Yeah. All of that true. Yes. And she is, may I say, a dime, an absolute dime. She is so hot. I love actresses. I love actresses. I would never marry any of them because they are professional liars. But yes. Yeah, you are. want the one who wasn't cast for the part. One of the runners up. Oh, man. Bro, could we do that, you and I, together? Have an audition? Yeah. 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 It what? will end well for all of us. I will. It will. It will. No. Absolutely. Matt, don't just look at the headshots. Make sure you read the essay. I have to read the essay. I got to also be careful when I'm drinking my coffee that some of it doesn't spill on a very specific one. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Anyway, different movie. Kitty, 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 kitty. Anyway. Kitty, 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 kitty. Keep waiting for something to pop out of the fucking back. I'm going to just sit <laughs> my back to a wall now. Matt, Matt, Matt. He's the one who's doing it. Oh, my God. God. I, 
this is not a good place for me to be in right now. <laughs> anyway, I'm having a hard time. Anyway, but no, but, but so, but so, yeah, yeah. So, so that's the thing. So that's basically told you the plot of this movie, right? That there's like a weird um, racist killer butler who, 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 this is all in a children's movie. You know what I mean, right? Of like th- this, this whole like, oh, he killed her because it was improper, right? I- I'm trying to imagine the, I, Matt, I think, yeah. No, sorry, sorry you're finish, gonna, finish your thought, finish your thought. No, 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 no. I wanna hear you defend this movie. No, I'm not, well, I guess I am kind of defending it. I don't like this movie, but I'll defend this. I think that's all fine to have in a kid's movie. Like, your kids are too young for it, but like, get an eight, eight-year-old, a 10-year-old, I don't know exactly, but like, come on, like, I was like, I was watching Star Wars like at that age. Like that's all. Like, like violence is not like. This is America. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, yeah. we were doing. We were running school shooter drills. Yeah. 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 I mean, and this is this is not a like this is not a scary movie. No, no. I think I think though what disappoints me about this movie is that like because the the experience of the haunted mansion ride is you basically going room to room and encountering all of these ghosts. You know mm-hmm. what I mean, right? Including an extended scene in a graveyard, right? And they kind of checked off all of those. It's a lot of like, real like, okay, pal. You know what it's I mean? It's very like, the structure of the movie is very like video game logic-y. Like, yes. you need to go to the place to get the item that'll get you to the next place just so that we can like, check off all of the boxes and like, get you into all of the like, things from the ride. Yeah. Um, and there'll yeah. be some spooky stuff that happens, but like almost everything in this movie is like entirely unmotivated. It's just yeah. like, there's some shit that needs to happen. Like there's, there's a scene where like Eddie Murphy is getting chased around by like a floating harpsichord or some shit, mm-hmm. which just looks like shit, awful CGI. And just, it's just like five minutes of nothing happening. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, after he's confronted by Jennifer Tilly. Uh, what's it called? Uh, who is a gypsy. They use the word gypsy a lot in this movie. Yes. Which, what's it called? Which is, I guess back then, fine. But, I don't know. What's it called? Who cares? It was the term in common parlance. It was, it was. Yeah, that was a weird, that was a real awakening when, when, when we all figured out, oh wait, we're not supposed to be calling them that. Yes. What's it called? That was a moment. I was just kind of like, well, what the fuck are we supposed to call them then? Yeah. But anyway, what's it called? But anyway, but no, um, give me your tears, gypsy. Borat. Okay. Can we watch that? Borat? Yeah. No, the new one. I mean, can we watch it? Yeah. Are we allowed? Legally? I don't know the bit here. I, I'm not following. I'm sorry. No, I'm trying to guess and, but... The Haunted Mansion. <laughs> Anyway, no, 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 but don't you think, I think that this could have been better if it was literally just them basically finding, oh, we're in a haunted mansion, right? And then going, having to go from room to, I almost feel like this movie would have been better without a plot. I think this movie falls down because it attempted to have a plot out of what literally should have just been, oh, it's a spooky haunted mansion, but it's like not actually scary. It's like kid scary. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. That, I think that is the problem with this movie. So this whole movie feels like, you know, the writers are just like, it's for kids. It doesn't need to be good. You know, we can get away with anything. Like there is, so uh, there is a, a, a 30 rock joke where 
Tracy Morgan talks about how he's going to go do comedy in Dubai. And he's excited because they've never heard comedy before. He can just tell airplane food jokes. It's all new to them. Mm-hmm. And this movie feels like, yeah, we can just take every old tired trope and every joke you've already heard and just, uh, we can get away with it because it's for babies, mm-hmm. you know? And I, you're not wrong. Again, this movie made money. Like you can get away with doing that, but you don't have to. Mm-hmm. Like you can make like, spooky comedies for kids that are good i mean look at fucking look at ghostbusters you know beetlejuice Coraline. like those are legitimately you know they have creepy moments like Coraline is a creepy fucking movie not scary but like creepy in a way that is appropriate for children nightmare before christmas you know yeah like there you can you can make something that is for children and still have it be artistic still be it have it be thought over intentional like effective yeah. but like James no one cared here. yeah sure yeah there's some shit in that movie that scared me that fucking rhino scared yeah. me as a child oh yeah but like yeah, me too. but even kids like being scared sometimes i watched yeah. james and the giant peach a lot and it was yeah. a level of scary that was appropriate for a child and it felt it, it, it was enough to give you that because there was a certain thrill about being scared it's why we go yeah. see scary movies like we said it's 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 to it's to get to see the bad shit happening in a safe environment you know what i mean right yeah. you know right it's it's it, it, it's and 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 this was just a big nothing this yeah. was a this was a movie where I felt nothing watching it. This felt like homework, you know what I mean, to have to watch. Like I was not happy to be watching it. I was I was disappointed because the whole time I was thinking was ways that I could have I could have made a better movie, right? Because I think that that was the way to do it. I think you go room to room, and I think you have this be almost kind of like a well, I don't want to say it, but a Thirteen Ghosts. You know what I mean, right? You ever see that movie? I actually have not. No. Oh, you haven't. What an interesting thing. Oh, that's interesting thing. (laughs) What an interesting thing. Have you seen the original, the remake? You've seen neither one. Oh, is that what I'm getting assigned? Uh, What tangled? Who can say? Who can say? Who can say? say? What tangled webs? The future is a country no one has visited. Exactly. I visited it. Okay. You got a passport from there. They had the law of return. But only for me. Yeah. But yeah, this is this is just a nothing burger of a movie. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, that's the thing, is that like I think about like because you think about like what worked. What worked? Pirates of the Caribbean did. And why did Pirates of the Caribbean work? Because they took the idea of of pirates, right? And they made it and and they brought it out, right? They took what works for pirates. What do people want to see from pirates? They want to see uh, ship battles, they want to see sea monsters, they want to see like creepy, like kind of like, you know, right? Ghost pirates. Exactly, yeah. The sea is so vast and you're at a point where where the sea, we've explored, and I know this because of my detailed belief in sea monsters that we've talked about on previous episodes of the other podcast that shall not be named, but we've explored more of outer space than we have of the sea in the year of our Lord 2020. In like 1750, even less. You know what I mean? Like we barely fucking, we barely, I, I don't even, like, like Magellan had circumnavigated the globe, but like we didn't have, you ever look at maps from back then of the world? They suck. You know what I mean? But I, I think the, the important, like, 
that movie is a movie. Like they took the very base idea of like pirates and they're kind of spooky and also colorful. And they, they yeah. made a movie out of that. And don't yeah. get me wrong. I got tired of those movies real quick. Oh yeah. I have not seen the movie, the original, since I was a kid. I loved it then, but I have a sense that I would, it would get tiring really quick now. But, mm-hmm. like, it was a legitimate movie. And, like, they have a similar thing where, like, in terms of, like, Johnny Depp and Eddie Murphy, where they take a really hot star and have him play, like, a version of his persona. Mm-hmm. But, like, Johnny Depp, like, showed up for that movie and, like, gave a performance it's a version it's like he's playing off of his persona but it is still a character he got nominated for a fucking academy award for that which is still insane but like shows that like there was there was effort there yeah this this is a a person who's showing up and playing a version of their persona and just coasting off that yeah exactly yeah 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 because there's no movie around him nothing is being asked of him yeah this is a first run disney movie that feels like a second disney movie you know what it I mean? feels like a Disney Channel original, but for the presence of one of the biggest movie stars in the world. Yes, exactly. Yes. If this had been like a Disney Channel original movie, I would give what it was a pass. But this was a movie that, that, that had a theater thing. And, and that's the thing is that like, I don't... This is a movie they expected you to pay $10 for. Yeah. And, and that's why I'm so disturbed by it because like, it's right there. Have them go room to room and have to survive a night in this place with all these ghosts and maybe some of the ghosts are good and they help them and some of the ghosts are not so good like there's literally in the ride there's literally a lady in who is a black widow in the goddamn with an axe in the goddamn fucking attic like 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 they're like like, like yeah, you can that's, do that. that's that is an important point there's no threat from any of the ghosts no like terrence stamp is a little sinisteria ish but which is we're just really we're more like finding new ways to abuse this word it's a great word yeah but like all most all the other ghosts are helpful you know at worst like the lord of the manor is kind of trying to cuck him but like ultimately he's a nice guy who's just a little misguided yeah exactly yeah yeah and he's only trying to cuck him because he's like no but you don't understand this is my wife like you know what i mean it's like like a genuine like he's literally confused yes exactly yes 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 Yes, like, like, like the most threatening part is that like, is that like they go into this crypt to get this key as part of their, you know, like a checkpoint that they need to clear, you know, yeah. the video game. Because I think you're right. This, this movie feels like someone playing a fucking video yeah, game. Yeah, they do a dungeon crawl at one point. I think there literally, I think there literally was a Haunted Mansion video game for this, but don't quote me on that, but I think there might be. I, I'm sure there was. Yeah. yeah, right? But like, but like, no, but like, but like, but like, 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 they're like zombies come out basically, right? And mm-hmm. they easily outrun them. You know what I mean, right? Yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not a scary. It's a comedy scene. It's Eddie Murphy doing physical comedy, and you know, like, ooh, spooked faces around zombies. Exactly. Yeah. What kind of and, faces around? Oh wow! Oh, spooked, spooked. Jesus, calm down. Okay, but. I mean, his daughter is kind of threatened, but, like, I'm just moving past it. But, like, honestly, <laughs> I wanted his kids to die. They were in- <laughs> the, like, these were two incredibly annoying children. Like, Dude, Fun fact, fun fact, the brother who plays the younger brother is, is older a- than the... <laughs> is older than the sister. Yeah. yeah. 
The, which, he's just imagine, small. He's just an undergrown child who has not hit his growth spurt yet. Can you imagine being that kid and having to play, just having to go back to school and just being like, oh, what's up, little brother? Just how much fun that kid must have been made of. It, it sounds almost as bad as being Jake Lloyd. Exactly, yes. Who was oh. like bullied to the point of like mental distress. Like still yes. has issues, I believe. Yes, but, I think he's literally in the system as we speak. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, um, I also, this just has nothing to do with anything, but there is a scene like early on where Eddie Murphy is trying to like toughen his kid up by like having him crush a spider. And there's, it literally goes on for like three minutes with Eddie Murphy literally just telling his son to whack it. Just son, you got to whack it. Whack it, son. Whack it. Just whack it. Which like, if, if, if you're if you if, if if you choose to read it as such, really see like taken out of context, really just feels like a scene of Eddie Murphy encouraging his son to jerk off. Which hold on, which was in that scene, in that scene, he does it with a Sports Illustrated magazine that he found in his kid's room. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then his sister comes in and whacks it for him. Yeah. Yeah. I, is there a haunted mansion porn parody? Because if there is isn't, like this feels mansion. like the time. Yeah. This is not the Haunted Edge XXX. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully not because there are children in this movie, Rob. But you know what? Whatever you want to watch, baby. You know what? You get enough Bitcoin, I bet you can. Anyway. <laughs> I'm having fun at work. This is work. We are employed doing this. This is my job. What's the I'm problem? giving you nothing for that one. You're giving yeah, me I'm nothing not for that you one? Anything. You're not giving me anything yeah. for that one? What's it called? Yeah. What that the face did he make, Rob? Anyway. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> you see how excited I was when you said I was. You were, you were, it was Christmas morning for you. Oh, man. Anyway, now would be a perfect place to cut in that Eddie Murphy uh, stand-up from Raw. <laughs> <laughs> You can bleep it out. It's fine. I'm going to watch it after this anyway. It doesn't matter. But anyway, um, but no, but, but I mean, like, I don't know. This really was, like, this is a movie that, like, I remember, like, as I went to put it on, I was like, there's no reason for me to watch this movie. There's yeah. so many better movies I could have assigned you that I would have, because this is what happens. I assign you these movies, and then I forget that I also have to watch them. Right. Which is a real, like... Because, like, that's the thing. I kind of want to say true to form because I saw this movie, say it with me, in the theater. I saw this movie in the theater. And, like, I remember, I remember what my dad said after we watched it. That sucked. You know what I mean? And he was right. Spot on. It's, this is a bad movie. There's literally no reason for any of you to see this movie. I'll say, I mean, and it's not even an interesting bad movie. Again, it's just, it's a lazy movie. Yeah. The, the, it's, we can get away with not trying for this one because the yeah. kids will show up anyway. I think that that's what really separates like a bad movie from like a like 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 an interesting bad movie is that yeah. like, we saw one of the worst movies that I think either one of us has ever seen is a film called Arsenal, right? Yeah, right? Nicolas Cage directed DVD with uh, what's his name from Entourage, uh, Adrian Grenier. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was a movie that was fucking trying. That they were trying so fucking hard in that movie. everyone showed up to work that day they were gonna make the greatest nicholas cage adrian grenier direct to streaming erotic thriller they could no not erotic that wasn't that one but just no. like just but thriller yeah 
of all time. And, yeah. and, 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 and they probably did. Yeah. They, that, it, it is still one of my favorite movie experiences I've ever had. Is yes. us in, in not, I won't call it Jared's house because it wasn't, but <laughs> us in the house. Of Jared, that was the movie where Mike was like, can I use your shitter? Yeah. Where's and your then just shitter? left and never came back and missed one of the greatest endings to a movie I've ever seen. Just the most incompetently filmed action scene I have ever seen was just beautiful. That like, that we like, were laughing for like 10 minutes straight, just howling. Just you, who was it? It was you, me, Tim, and Jared just howling with laughter and rewinding and playing again and just yeah. so good. Also, let me defend Mike real quick. That is what the bathroom is there for. He could have used it. No, okay, okay, okay. He had just eaten like 30 chicken nuggets on his own. And then it was just like, can I use your shitter? There is no clearer way to communicate. I am going to blow up your landlord's toilet. Yeah, which, okay, fair enough. All right, the fact that it wasn't Jared's toilet to allow him to blow up, I, I'm yeah. a little bit sensitive to. And also, yes, when Mike came into that room, I was like, oh, Mike got us all, <laughs> Mike got us all McDonald's, <laughs> how nice of him. He proceeded to eat it all himself. Yes, it was, was like, like, this might be a, little, a few too many chicken nuggets for the five of us. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. yeah it really was like, and he was just like, oh man, I haven't eaten all day. And I was like, oh boy, that's for him. That's all. Oh my God. You know, and I remember saying to myself, I'm not even going to ask for one. I'm going to see him. What, I'm going to see if he'll eat all of it. Yeah. God damn it, he did. And then that's the thing. He's like, because I called him the next day. I was like, hey man, are you all right? Like, you know, I noticed after like Jared told you, right? And he was like, oh yeah, no. Because what actually ended up happening was he was in the bathroom for 30 minutes. Yeah, and he then, had to and go then, home to to his own bathroom, which in retrospect, appropriate. Appropriate, yeah, yeah. Because that's the thing, because he, he literally was just, he was just like, oh, I figured the movie was mostly over. By the time I got there, I wouldn't have, you know, I wouldn't have been able to watch anything anyway. Like, like it wasn't like that, because I was worried that he had just gotten resentful and just stayed home. And no, he literally just had shat for so long that he had ended up missing <laughs> most of the movie. So yes, it would have made one difference one way or the other. The only difference is we didn't have to deal with the aftermath of it. Yes. Yes, but uh, yeah, no. Um, yeah, no, this movie sucks. Don't see it. Yep. Two big old thumbs down. Can't even really summon any passion for it. No, no, no. I mean, I mean, like, honestly, see Zombievers before you see this movie. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, yeah. if you have to watch, if someone enters your home, right? Someone enters your home, right? And spoiler alert, it's me, right? And I have a Glock 17. And I put it to your head and I say, you have to watch one of the Sound Beavers or uh, Haunted Mansion. I'm pulling the trigger if you say Haunted Mansion because out of mercy. Zombie Beavers, at least the people who made it, seemed like they had fun. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. This, it feels like everyone was just trying to get done with work as soon as possible. Yep, yep. And Every Marcia day, Thompson, everyone was like, let's be done by three. Yeah, yeah. And Marcia Thompson was just... I can only imagine, and I will make this accusation because we have very good freedom of speech laws in America, right? And I can be a little libelous, but it's a god. I can only imagine was just having to thwart Eddie Murphy trying to fuck her at every single step of the way. Yeah. I don't know that you're wrong. I don't I'm know that you're right, that, but I don't know that you're wrong. I'm saying that in order to... I think I'm just gonna beep that. <laughs> you can't beep me. You can't beep me.
I can do whatever I want. I'm the editor. Le, 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 le podcast, c'est moi, sir. That's French. Come and take it. Come and... Bro, that... All right, look, look. America, land of dipshits. We can admit it, right? <laughs> land that has also created some of the best flags that have ever been made. <laughs> The, com- the fact that, th- that an entire town in Texas had a battle with the Mexican government because the Mexican government was like, we need, you can't have a cannon. And they made a flag with the cannon on it and s- that said, come and take it. And then fought a battle <laughs> against the Mexican government is, I mean, like, look. That is a very you move. It is an incredibly new move. And why, I, and, why, and why, for all of my failings, I understand these people greatly. Yeah. And I love them. And I really Everyone at the Alamo was just a dude who could not shut up. Exactly. Yes. Yes. There's so many. They're just like, that's our building. Get out. No. Come and take. Just leave. The Mexican army, I think, was literally like, you can leave. Just, <laughs> just surrender, man. Just go have your dumb party elsewhere. Yeah. You're, this is Mexico. Get out. And they just, honestly, the Mexicans should have won that war. <laughs> what did they we'd do? All be, we'd all be better off. I literally dated a girl from Texas, and I was like, yeah, that whole war was fought over slavery. And she was like, no, it wasn't. And I was like, it absolutely, like, listen, that wasn't the entire reason, but that was a huge reason behind it. All the, right, she was like, no, they wanted freedom. And I was like, to own slaves. Mexicans <laughs> for outlawing slaves. And just like, you know, and she wasn't like, like some like hooting chud. Like she was just like, she was like your standard, like, like, you know, daughter of hooting chuds, of very rich chuds, which man, I whiffed on that opportunity. You want to talk about me being a made man? I'd love some chud money. I would, bro, they would have hated me. And you know, that's, that's. Well, you're kind of a chud. You're a different kind of hooting chud, but you, you love to hoot now. I do. I love to hoot. I yeah. no, one of the best things that ever happened to me is when we went and visited Jackie's Ohio family and her like uncle that's like her ex-uncle, because he's no longer married to her to her aunt, who's her blood aunt, but they still are like best friends and hang out with her new husband of like Weird. It's threesomes. The, threesomes. They're having threesomes. It has to be happening, right? Like Swingers. it's insane. But him saying in front of children, I'm sorry, I couldn't, I, I know, I know you guys are mad at me for voting for Trump, but I just couldn't vote for a murderer. <laughs> <laughs> just, just the look on my face when he said that. I need you to imagine, I just. Just I, the excitement. Just the biggest soy face. Yeah. Just, I've been drinking not but soylent for a month, just. Just as they are so mad at him. <laughs> you love to encounter one of your tribe in the wild. I do. It's so great. It's so fucking great. God. Oh man. Maybe that's my next move. Maybe I just become like a Jewish Demo- or Jewish <laughs> Jewish Democrat. <laughs> a Jewish Republican. I think that's the move. We're POC to them, so that's great. <laughs> I can ride that all the way to a bank. I'll marry some fucking woman named Kaylee with four H's. You could be someone's Jared Kushner. I, 
bro. Oh, I mean, you listen. could run a prominent publication into the ground with your like uh, daddy-in-law's money. First off, I'd run it right into the top. You crash into the ceiling, get the challenge. Matt, Matt, you don't know anything about top. What's it? Oh. My God. Listen, I'm one of the most caught men having had top in the world. I've been walked in on so many times. Yeah, join the club. Yeah, but, no. M- more than you. Okay. Happened more. All right. Well, I, 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 I guess we don't have anything more to say about the Haunted Mansion. That seems to be what's happening here. Marsha Thompson, if you're single, call me. My number is 240-880-4972. I'm not bleeping that. It's not my number, so. Okay. But if that is your number and she calls, please tell me. I, 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 want, I want to I take her out for coffee. And ask her if she has Laura Herring's number. <laughs> I, I, I followed Laura Herring on, on Twitter. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. She has, like, 4,000 followers, which there's a part of me that's like, so it's possible. <laughs> and I said this to my dad, and my dad was like, Matt, she's like, my age and i was like love's just a number baby <laughs> conversations i have with my dad okay all right so i guess i guess we're on to what i've been watching if we must okay so i'm gonna lie down which is it's it's actually very brief this week um i have been busier so i have okay you're now out of frame matt please come back you cannot go to sleep on the podcast <laughs> come on come on so i've literally just got one tv show that's it stop okay you're like (laughs) just sit up jesus stop having goofy time goofy time is for later matt sorry i'm sat up but for some reason there's a painting right here so i'm trying not to touch it Matt, all your your weird framing gags do not work on a podcast. They might. Okay, no Dutch angles, please. Is this a Dutch angle? No, it's actually not. But that's a Dutch angle, right? No, that's also incorrect. What? But I don't even know what a Dutch angle is. I'm from the Netherlands, but have you ever heard someone from the Netherlands speaking Dutch? Yeah, it's wild. It's insane. Yeah. There's a Dutch guy that comes to my work and he talks to his two fucking Dutch kids. They're just like, <laughs> ever tell you I went to Sweden and made Swedish people watch the Swedish chef? It was just yes, like, you've told that on this podcast more than once, I believe. It's, yeah. a, great, it's a great story. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, the, the one TV show I have been watching is, is Hannibal. Um, yeah, what? Yeah, you watched Hannibal? How was it? Uh, it's, so it's, I enjoy it. It is a show that is, like, perpetually verged on the, like, the edge of camp. Um, I think, I think intentionally, Matt, Matt, can we? I'm not doing anything. I'm paying attention. You're the one being weird. We're so close to being done. We're so close to being done. I just want to finish. Ah, oh, that's what she said. Boom, baby! Not, yeah, not, not to today. you. Not to yeah. me. 
because yeah. I always make them finish. Laura, call me, please. All right, so Hannibal was a TV show from earlier in this decade about like Hannibal Lecter, obviously. Is that that long ago? Earlier this decade, or I guess the last decade, but like, yeah, I think like 2013 to 15, maybe. I don't remember exactly, somewhere in there, but like. This last decade really. Yeah, feels like another century, but like. Like, long enough ago that one of the characters uses, like, Lawrence Fishburne is in the show. He uses a Blackberry. Um, God. Yeah. But, like, that's Dang. that's one of the, like, the show is, like, it has a great cast, which really works in its favor. Like, lo- any show with Lawrence Fishburne in it, like, immediately. Larry. Larry. Yeah, we're close. Me and Larry. But, like. No, 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 no. You know, he went by Larry Fishburne and then, like, hit them. And then during The Matrix, it's just like, I'm Lawrence, actually. Yeah, no, most of his, like, credited roles, like, going back were as Larry Fishburne. But this is so funny. Sorry, continue. Yeah. But, like, any show with Larry Fishburne in it, like, going on the watch list, great actor, should really be, like, one of the biggest stars of his generation. It's not like he's not, you know, a name, obviously, but, like, still feels like he's not big enough. Like, incredible actor. Like, yeah. he really holds the screen. Like, has, like, leading man chops. But, like, yeah, but, like also, like, character actor, like, just distinguishedness you know at the same time that's really a that's a rare combination he's got it in spades buddy oh yeah like yeah you gotta really watch what words you're talking about jesus christ what i didn't say anything but and then casting uh mads mickelson as hannibal lecter also just a beautiful choice like just so great at like refined menace like yeah but um but like it, it is, it is just describing it as a show about Hannibal Lecter does not really do it justice because it is it's another show that is kind of wild that it was on network television because mm-hmm. it is like it what is so it? CBS I think it was Fox NBC NBC oh yes you're right which is one of those it, it's the network that is like most like willing to like take swings. Um, and like still thinks of it as like prestigious because that was kind of it's like it's brand back in the day and you know but like you know obviously this was by the mid 2000s or like mid 2010s was like you know like every other network was like faltering so was willing to like spend some money on this show that is like as it goes on like increasingly just becomes like even just the way it is filmed is like an out there art movie like there are scenes in it that are genuinely avant-garde like um in a way that is like kind of like all like there are people who think of the show as like insufferably pretentious which i can i can buy like it is like just like they're throwing like every like film school trick they can think of like just like hey we have seen an italian movie we are going to throw some weird shit in there but like it works for me and it is like again it is a show that is perpetually verged on the edge of camp like a lot of just like capital s symbolism like capital p psychology like just very like wordy erudite dialogue but like delivered with a sly smile like it's just it is a very specific tone that like does not work for a lot of people but really works for me um because it's like it's yeah and it it is like a show with a very very dark sense of humor which again that's that's up my alley but it's also just like it is insanely gory for it is like insane that it is on network television like again it's just it's a testament to you can get away with so much more violence than sex in anything 
like the episode I watched today, like there is a scene where a dude, like it's just totally macabre, gothic, like over the top serial killer shit. Like the the episode I watched, like the dude, like forces a cello neck down a guy's throat and plays his vocal cords like cello strings. Like, yeah. It was on network television. What? What? <laughs> it was on the TV station. It was on the TV. It was on TV you could get with rabbit ears. My God. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Sick, sick culture we live in. I'm oh, what is it? it is, yeah. It's a very sick show that, like, knows it's a very mm-hmm. sick show, which I appreciate. That's not always my bag, but, like, for whatever reason, this particular thing works for me. Again, in large part because I get to watch Larry Fishburne and Mads Mikkelsen. I love how you just decided to call him Larry now. Yeah, and we're close. We talk. Yeah. No, he should be. Larry's so much better than Lawrence. Also, he spells Lawrence in an insane way. Uh, People uh, use the U. That's not, that's not that uncommon. People go with the U. I'm a French person, and I'm saying it's insane. That's just me. Okay. That's a book. Oh man, no, um, no. I, I'm also just looking. Sorry. So he plays Special Agent Jack Crawford on that. And yeah, the the Scott Glenn role from Silence of the Lambs. Hold on, well, hold on. Well, that, that, that's the thing. So I didn't realize. So uh, Jack Crawford has been played by four different people, and I just want you to listen to this lineup. Yeah. Uh, Dennis Farina. He played him yeah. in Manhunter. Dude, Scott- Manhunter is great. Not not very underseen. You get to see Brian Cox play Hannibal Lecter, the Michael mm-hmm. Mann movie. Great. Check out Manhunter. What's it called? I, I, I legitimately mind. I've, I've yeah. always wanted to see it, but I've never seen it. But Dennis Farina, I mean, honestly, one of the best fucking, I mean, just in terms of TV cops, and, and actually he was an actual fucking cop too. Yeah. But just in terms of, I mean, one of the best people to ever play, cops and gangsters, just one of the fucking best. Uh, in- the most egregious Oscar in memoriam snub. Yes. Yes, yeah. abs- absolutely. No, he was, because he died, he died like, I mean, he was like, what, like 69 when he died, right? Yeah. He was 69, yeah. It was like, yeah, it, it legitimately sucked. Like, what's about, no, I mean, fuck the Oscars. I mean, if you want to see, just, just absolutely fuck the fucking Oscars. Piece of shit bastards. Yeah. I want to hurt and kill them. What's it called? Uh, that might be too, that might be too much. But, yes. Uh, that might be too much. But you know what? I'm going to put it right out there. Uh, Oscars, uh, don't come to school tomorrow. What's it called? Or do come to school tomorrow, I should say. Anyway, what's it called? Uh, Oscars, do you believe in God? Anyway, so um, you're talking, uh, so listen to this lineup. Dennis Farina, Scott Glenn, Lawrence Fishburne, and Harvey Keitel. I mean- Which one, where, which one was Keitel in? Red Dragon, apparently. Oh, I, I never saw that one, but- I saw it, I love Red Dragon. Huh. Fantastic. So but, Man Manhunter Man is is an adaptation of Red Dragon. It's yeah. just yeah. No. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I yeah. It, it's it's the Red Dragon is such a fucking good movie. It's it's one of my favorite movies. Um, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean. Look, I mean, who do you, I mean? You got fucking. I mean, goddamn Red Dragon. You got fucking. Um, what's it called? I mean, I mean, I mean. Just listen, listen to this lineup. You got Red Dragon real quick for the cast. You got Ed Norton, you got Anthony Hopkins, you got Ralph, okay, I always fuck up his last name, but apparently you say, it's Fines. Yeah, and I don't think it's Ralph, I think it's Rafe. That's right, yeah, because he's like a weird English, but, yeah. okay, okay, hold on. 
let me tell you his full name, all right? I'm gonna say Ralph because we haven't been, all right? But what's it called? Um, yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, Rafe, Rafe. So it's spelled Ralph, but it's Rafe Nathaniel Twistleton Wickham. Wow. Calm yeah. down. Calm down. I, right. Go back to Paddington Land. I mean, come the fuck on. I mean, I mean, but honestly, I mean, like one of the, I mean, I mean, bro. I mean, in Schindler's List, I mean that man. God. But anyway, he can act. He really can. You got Harvey Keitel. You got fucking uh, Emily Watson. I mean, you got Mary Louise Parker, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Mm. Bro, I mean, like, this is... That's this, a cast. This is just one hell of a cast. This rocks as a cast. But, you know, I mean, what's it called? It's just... Oh, man. It's a good cast. What's it called? But, um, yeah, no, okay. So you've, yeah. been, watching, you've been watching that. Uh, yeah, it's on Amazon Prime. Sure. Yeah. Uh, what have I seen? I feel like I saw something else. Saw these two. I don't know. I'm sure I saw some shit with my dad. No, nothing I can remember. Not important. Nothing memorable. Nothing memorable. Yeah. yeah I don't know. Yeah. Um, what is it? Watching SpongeBob today. I have not seen that since I was a kid, but I've always kind of wanted to go back. It seems like it might be one that holds up. It does. It honestly does. Yeah. In- insanely so, but it, it truly does. Yeah. What's it called? It, it's, Again, it's nice when like people put effort into kids' stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 not in a way where it's like something for the adults too, where it's like, yeah, like, like not like Shrek, but just like we're it's still a kid's thing, and we're not just gonna throw in some like topical references so that like mom and dad will chuckle. Yeah. But like we're just gonna make a thing for kids, but do it well. And 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 that's the thing. If you do that well enough, like I mean, you never really grow up, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But um yeah man, no. It it was it fantastic. Sweet. So am I watching 13 Ghosts? You are watching 13 Ghosts and you're watching the remake. Don't I watch figured. The, yeah, don't watch the original one. It's boring. <laughs> it's All right. Uh is that streaming anywhere or do I have to rent it? Uh you will have to rent that. Okay. Amazon. Let me double check real quick. Here, you tell me mine. All right, here we you don't don't worry about it right now. We'll figure that out later. Just talk to me, buddy. Talk to me. Listen, look at me. I'm talking. I'm talking. Matt, look at look at me in the eyes. I'm talking. Don't worry. No, I, Matt, I can see the reflection in your glasses. You can't do stealth with glasses. No, I'm talking. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm I'm trying to get back to Zoom. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. So you're you're watching Alien. Which one? The original Alien. How do you know that I haven't seen that? Have you seen that, Matt? I have not seen it, Rob. Yeah, I oh, think I li- of it. That's the one with the facehuggers, right? Yeah, I mean, I've, all of all of the Alien movies have facehuggers in them. That's kind of yeah, their I've deal. seen that first part. You've seen the part seen with the, the facehugger? Yeah, I don't think I've seen the whole thing. I've seen the thing where the thing pops out. Well, yeah, I mean, it's the kind of movie where there are certain scenes you just cannot escape. Yeah, like you just will see them as a member of the human race, but you know it almost killed Yafet Kodo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, you're gonna watch Alien. Um, and would you, do you want to come over next Friday and watch Alien with me? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'll have to. Yeah, I'll have to tell you what my um work schedule's like. But yeah, okay, why not? Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'll probably try to get some 
Uh, oh, wait. Okay, okay, okay. We'll see what I can do. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. See what I can do. I have an eye doctor appointment. I'm thinking about going mm. contacts. Ooh, look at okay. you. Look at that. Look at that guy. I mm. look so fucking Jewish. You do look much more Jewish without the glasses. Which is insane because with the glasses, I also look insanely Jewish. I'm just, I've had this realization that I'm just growing into just a Jewish man that like any sort of like, all of my like, cause I am half Goy and I'm just realizing that that has almost completely gone away. And I just look like a Jewish man. You have willed yourself into Judaism. I'm just like, it's inescapable. My brothers have, my brothers, Completely passing. Me? No. Never a chance. Yeah, when you decided that you were Jewish, you just made yourself into a Jewish person. I did. Yeah. You just, you wore that, that, the biggest yarmulke you could find for a year until, it like, it, w- it was your face hugger. It remade it you. It yeah. really was. It really yeah. was. Well, whatever. I'm going to go watch Blood and Black Lace now, so whatever. Okay. Enjoy. Anyway, yeah. Join us next time for Alien and 13 Ghosts. a dream about this place. You see what I mean? Okay. So you had a dream about this place. Tell me. Well, it's the second one I've had, but they're both the same. They start out that I'm in here, but It's not day or night. It's kind of half night, you know? But it looks just like this, except for the light. And I'm scared, like, I can't tell you. Of all people, you're standing right over there. By that counter. You're in both dreams, and you're scared. I get even more frightened when I see how afraid you are, and then I realize what it is. (laughs) There's a man in back of this place. He's the one who's doing it. I can see him through the wall. I can see his face. I hope that I never see that face ever outside of a dream.
Never too early for it. Dr. Pepper.